You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have a fun episode in store for you where we take a look at Season 3 of Legends of Tomorrow. But before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. And so, first up, you know her as our resident Marvel scholar. She now comes with her very own John Constantine action figure, and that is Jen (laughs) Hartshorn! (laughs) How are you doing, Jen? Hello! I am excellent, sir. What's been going on for you since the last time you were on, Jen? Well, I just just saw uh, Infinity War, and it was quite good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, that was, uh, that's a pretty big event, although by the time this one airs, it'll probably have been, you know, several months ago. So... Out of curiosity, with Infinity War, because mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be considered a spoiler by the time this comes out, what were the things that impressed you the most about the movie? Oh, wow. I think one thing that all never ceases to amaze me with these movies is when you have that many characters, and yet they all got to have a cool moment. They all got to have, you know, some fun dialogue. They got to have, you know, get their licks in on the bad guys. They do such an amazing job of, of balancing out everybody's time. I think it's, it's, it's really impressive because I mean, I like when, when Avengers first came out, I was like, okay, well this is going to be Tony and his super friends, you know, just like, it's all going to be about him. And they have throughout the whole thing, they have done a great job of giving everybody cool stuff to do. No. I I will say I was hoping that at the end when Thor comes back with, you know, Stormbringer, and Mm -hmm. I was hoping that Rocket was going to have some obscene weapon (laughs) that he got, that he picked up there, and I was a little disappointed with that, but he's got another movie. You know, he didn't die at the yeah. end, so so Rocket hopefully will have, like, some ridiculous, like, weapon that's as big as he is or something to, uh... Well, he, he, he kind of did, because uh, <laughs> I, I thought one of the cooler little fight things was uh, when Bucky picked him up. Yes. And then they were spinning and shooting out of both sides. That was yeah, awesome. Yes. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Alright, cool. And uh, anything else uh, happened for you recently that you'd like to share? Uh, not really. I've got, uh, again, it'll be in the past when, when people hear this, but we've got Hulanta coming up this weekend, which will be fun. And yeah, other than that, uh, just, just tr- chugging along at work and school and all that good stuff. All right, cool deal. It's good to have you back, Jen. Thank you. And next up, it is the guy, speaking of Infinity War, it is the guy that has Thanos on his couch. <laughs> As you will learn if you ever read his comic, new comic, or his uh, webcomic, New Comic Day. And that is my buddy, Eric Ratcliffe. How are you doing, Eric? The children of Thanos are quite possibly the worst house guests ever. Just saying. <laughs> I can see that. I can definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> so what's been going on for you since the last time you were on, Eric? I have also seen Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I happen to love that rabbit very much. 
Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every everything about their relationship was awesome. Him and Thor are so great together. Yeah. Not to mention that, but the fact that you know you get get possibly one of the coolest weapons in the Marvel universe introduced, and yes, while Bill is not there, it's still awesome to have it on the big screen, <laughs> especially with how powerful it is. I was like, dear God, <laughs> that thing can teleport, hit people with lightning, dab bitches. It's <laughs> kind of awesome. Yep, you had Rocket and Thor, you had Groot and his game. You know, great relationships going on. <laughs> I loved Groot in the game. <laughs> and I am Groot. What? <laughs> and Tony finally realizing how he comes off to other people because that was his relationship with Star Lord the entire time. Mm. <laughs> He's just like, oh wow! Like you could tell the look in uh, the the look in his eyes the second the second you know uh, Pratt's Pratt's lines from the trailers hit into effect. But you can like tell from performance alone that it's Tony going, oh god, I've come off this way to people for years. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get that from that because I thought that Tony was like, my God, this man is a moron, um, was kind of his reaction to it. Yeah, if it, if anything, I thought that, that the one who, who made him realize, oh my God, I, I, I'm being a, a douchebag, was, was the fact that Doctor Strange immediately called him out on his <laughs> And usually people do not do that. Right. Maybe because I don't work for you like everyone else in your life or exactly. something like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, there were so many things that were awesome callbacks to the comics in that movie. Like, I love when they're, like, having their discussion and Doctor Strange is just, like, sitting in the lotus position, levitating yep. in the background. Like, that is such a, you know, that is such a callback to the way he is in the comics. My two theories for the, uh, for the name of the next movie are still either Avengers Forever or Avengers Disassembled. Because both make sense, but right. I'm leaning more towards the hope that it's forever, but I can <laughs> see it being disassembled with the fact that even feige's going yeah people are going to be disappointed with the with the name of the movie i'm like yeah that means it's probably disassembled <laughs> uh, i don't know see i still think it'll have infinity in the title i think it might be infinity crusade because it's going to be That'd them be going cool, up yeah. against thanos so we'll see because of course this had nothing to do with infinity war at all the comic it was infinity gauntlet you know parsed up and and yep. kind of you know as 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 you know, the, the important elements from Infinity Gauntlet happen. But I've also, just two days after that, I watched Batman Ninja, which I enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of. <laughs> it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And that's why I'm trying to get you to watch it. I understand your frustration with the fact that, yeah, they left out the Japanese voice track. But here, here's the two things that I'll tell you. That major character that I told you that they never show, that they don't show in any of the trailers. The reason the time travel happens, it's Gorilla Grodd. Okay. <laughs> he gets sick of Coast City, thinks he's going to try to take over Gotham, and the next thing you know, because Batman stops his plan, Batman, all the Robins, Nightwing, Catwoman, and four really well-known rogues from the rogues gallery other than Joker and Harley Quinn, who are also there, but uh, other four other rogues. Yeah, apparently uh, Deathstroke is a Batman rogue now, officially at this point, but uh, yeah... <laughs> They all get sent back in time. Oh, and Bane. Bane's I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Amazon.jp because uh, Japan is in the same Blu-ray region as us, and sometimes their Blu-rays have American or English subtitles. So mm -hmm. they I might be able to get the Blu-ray from Japan with the Japanese audio track with uh, English subtitles, which I've done before. With without spoiling how it happens, Nate, 
the original, the very original costume, Batman costume, shows up towards the end of the movie in okay. a really, really cool way. Okay. And it's All I'm saying is, look, when Marvel did their anime properties, when they did, like, Wolverine, X-Men, Blade, Iron Man animes, when they released the discs in the U.S., they had both the English and the Japanese audio track. Why oh, no, DC what? can't seem to understand that that's the way you do it that's been standard for anime since the 90s, I don't know. But, you know, that, that really turns me off. I get your frustration completely. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying, like, from the American voice cast standpoint, it's pretty much all the... Uh, all the DCU movies, they reuse a lot of like actors that, whether it be Brave and the Bold, Justice League Unlimited, or you know any of the actual DC movies, like Batman is still Roger. Ah, oh, the guy they've had for the last like five or six movies. Not a not the guy from Agents of Shield, but the other guy. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched any DC cartoons since Justice League Unlimited was over because I'm still part of the Deaniverse, so. I, I don't like the fact that they got rid of all that continuity that they had built up. So, but that's a DC. That's that's DC's <laughs> mo even in the comics. So, whatever. sure. Well, <laughs> not with Rebirth. Rebirth's fixed a lot of stuff. All right, but uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. And yeah, like I said, I'm still interested in the Ninja Batman, but I only watch anime in Japanese. I'm a, I it's, am a snob like that. It's really good, Nate. I think you'll like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I really do think. No, you'll and like I it saw the much. trailers and I lost my mind. I was like, yes, I want this. Because I love Batman and I love anime. <laughs> and knowing that Grodd is involved, that probably just elevated it for you. <laughs> I'm I not a huge, like as huge a Grodd fan as Sean is, but no, I do think Grodd is cool. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, that, that movie guess, sounds like it's already jam-packed. I don't think he'd. I don't think he'd mind literally something that's technically not a spoiler. But I get a message him and be like, "You have to watch Batman Ninja," and just be like, "One of your favorite characters is in there," and that's all I'll tell him. I have to message him now that I'm thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> I have to be like, Sean, watch Ninja Batman. Thank me later. <laughs> all right. Well, it's great to have you back, Eric. It is great to be here. And finally, we have our resident nemesis. The guy that you love to hate, the guy that is always wrong about everything, and that is Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? Well, you know, if you want to call me, like, the mad titan of this podcast, <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay, alright, so this is something that bothered me, okay, about the movie, is that the Russos fail at astronomy. Titan is not some, like, weird sci-fi, like, far-out-there planet. It is an actual moon of Saturn. Yeah, it's a real place. Yeah, that wasn't the Titan that's in our solar system, though, yeah. right? I mean, it wasn't supposed to be. It's nope. supposed to it, be. Well, no. the comics, in, in the, the comics, comics, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. I, right, I and so that's what I'm that saying. They, they failed at astronomy because they thought it was just some weird sci-fi place, but it's not supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> One of the many improvements. No, I, I don't think that was an improvement. It was unnecessary, but anyway. It's somewhere was, between... Nowhere, ego, and um, <laughs> right. uh, well, no. But I'm just saying, there's already a place called Titan, so it just <laughs> you know, if they were gonna make it something different, they might as well have just given it a different name. Yeah. How many how many Springfields are there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> <A lot. laughs> there's there's at least two Carolinas. So, well, yeah. <laughs> Lexington is actually the most common city name in the U.S. See, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right so uh ryan what's uh, been going on for you since the last time you were on the show 
Well, uh, I don't know. Apparently, there is some movie out, you know, that everyone's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got dragged to see that. I, it was, you know, it was there. I watched it. I did not cry. I held my manly tears in. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Okay. I get that people going to this movie that have no knowledge of the comics were shocked by it. But people who have read the comics and are like, wow, oh my god, or whatever, I'm like, how did that ending surprise you? That was what I expected. The only thing that surprised me was exactly who they chose as the half of the characters that they killed off. But it's like, I knew that was the end of the movie. It was not a shocking, you know, like... But but that's like saying, oh, well, you don't need to see Titanic because I can tell you right now it sinks. You know? It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, oh, why would anyone want to go see it? I wouldn't consider it shocking that it sank. But it's the, the way medium. that it is, yeah, and the way that it's presented, uh, the way that, you know, even even if, even when you, I mean, I go to see, you know, plays all the time that I've seen a bajillion times and I'll still cry, you know, because I know what's coming, but that doesn't mean it doesn't emotionally impact you. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched my, my all-time favorite movie, the one movie I can watch again and again and again is Apollo 13. And I know they're going to get back, but I will still, you know, sit on the edge of my seat every time I see that movie. Hmm. But so, yeah, it just had, I guess, because, yes, I read the comics, but there was enough differences that made it intriguing to watch, to find those differences, to see how they affect things and how the feedback loop creates even more differences. And just, uh, frankly, to see how, well, frankly, how mature this movie is mm-hmm. i think marvel they didn't spoon feed you anything they said hey you know xandar we attacked xandar we got the power stone you didn't need to see it you know <laughs> and th- that just happened again and again they just you saw the other movies you should know who these characters are you're an adult you know and if you didn't you'll still have fun but you know this is the end game this is what it's all been coming to and we can do dark but we can also do light in the same time this is mm-hmm. frankly this is everything the dc verse should have been <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at this point, I feel like picking on DC for not being Marvel is kind of like, you know, it's kicking the man that's already down. It's no, no, like, no. I, I mean, this is how you do dark and light at the same time. I mean, if DC's whole thing was going to be, oh, let's be dark, this is this here is an example of how you can be dark, but still be a comic book movie, still be true to the characters, mm-hmm. and, uh, st- and tell a great story. Mm. And um, anything else um, going on for you, Ryan? Um... Uh, Westworld is back, and I've chosen to do this podcast rather than watch the second episode. So that's how much I, I, you, that's what you guys mean. Yep, same here. (laughs) You, you DVRing it though. Of course I am. It's not like it's like, oh, I had to make a choice between doing (laughs) one or doing the other. You know, you can have both. (laughs) It's not the 90s anymore. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I was king of the VCR in the 90s. I had that thing programmed and it was taping everything. So, you know, you could still do it in the 90s. Well, I found out the other day that my DVR can only record four things at once, and that just. Well, mine can only record two things at once. Okay, so you're you're you have it much better than I do. Yeah. Although it rarely comes up that I need three things at once. There have been a few times where it's like panic mode because it's like, oh no. 
<laughs> but that's that's been my week. You know? <laughs> it was all leading up to, well, frankly, the past 10 years and this past week have all been leading up to Infinity War. Right. My, my one hope now, after seeing the post credit scene, which I did like, I did like that they showed the aftermath and the fact that if you get rid of, mm-hmm. like, half of people yeah. randomly, that there's going to be a lot more deaths right afterwards because of right. the people disappearing from their cars, from helicopters, airplanes, mm-hmm. all of that. That's why they can't just bring them back. That's why they have to undo. They have to right. They have make to go back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It has to be undone from the moment it happened. Exactly. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping because I, we know they brought Coulson in for um, Captain Marvel. That he will be the one in Avengers Four to introduce her to the rest of the cast. It's just, uh, you know, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might not even be back by then, so they might be able to fold him into the movies and just kind of hand wave what he's been doing for the last few years since they don't want to. By God, they cannot mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the movies. Um, yeah. <laughs> just kind of. Or the, or Hell's Kitchen or anything else. <laughs> right, <York>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it would be. Because, I mean, there was a lot of fan service in this movie. There was a lot of, see, we've been doing this for 10 years, and oh, look, there's Red Skull. And, you know, yeah. here's, you know, this thing or that thing that you'll remind you of one of the older movies. So I'm hoping that they can fit Coulson in to Avengers 4, but we'll see. <laughs> well, and uh, actually, I talked with Jennifer about this recently. But if you really want a callback uh, for Avengers 4, and on IMDb, the kid <laughs> from Iron Man 3 is listed in uh, Avengers 4. Yep. <laughs> it's IMDb. What did I call it? That's what he said. No, no, that's the point I'm making. It's oh, a user-generated... Oh. <laughs> oh. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah I well, and here's the thing. There have been so many lies going on, because even Sam Jackson was like, I'm not in Infinity War. Okay, Sam, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, it's there have been so many people telling fibs, and yeah. so many people who are confusing speculation for facts, and so much you know misinformation going on about these movies that I don't trust anything that I'm seeing about any of this and we'll just have to see it when it happened and and since they're shot back to back someone could have legitimately said have said hey i'm in infinity war and then they actually show up in part four and mm. not even realize it at the time you know yeah like, like i know i think Liv tyler was also supposed to be she was supposed to be in this but i think she'll be in four well and the other side of that too is they might have shot scenes, but then they decided when they're like, yes. okay, we have 50 hours of material and we have to cut it down to five for two movies, you know, that they're like, do we really need Betty? You know, maybe we can cut Betty out, you know, so that, that might have happened too. I mean, that's what happened with Absolutely. Rogue in Days of Future Past is, you know, they had Anna Paquin and you can see her mm-hmm. in the director's cut, but her, all they just cut all her scenes out, her whole subplot. Yeah, you know, for the theatrical. So we'll see. Rogue cut was so much better. Yes. No, I agree. So, um, anything else going on for you, Ryan? Did I say that? Yeah. Already? Yeah. We. Yeah. We. <laughs> Still nothing. Not. Okay. Not, all right. <laughs> not, cut no that worries. Out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually live. A, oh wait. You know. I mean. No. I'm making more money at work. That is a good thing. Oh, that is a good thing. Yeah. That no. is a very good thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, you know. <laughs> It means I'm less poor. Because right? okay. you're definitely not making money from this podcasting thing. <laughs> <laughs> you must be royalties. You know? Right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. A friend of mine. I'm, okay. No, I'm not going to go into that. That's a friend who's like, you need a Patreon. And I'm like, all right. That's, that's, 
I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't see it, uh, you know, for multiple reasons. Um, I think I, I have to I, have a much bigger show before I do that. Tell you what, Nathan, I just want to cut of the merchandising when, when right. you come up with my action figure. Right. <laughs> the Ryan Pop figure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I, I'll cut you in on that. Yeah. You can get 5% of what you're making now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sounds also like flashing deal. back because I just recently watched the Star Trek episode, A Piece of the Action. So <laughs> we're coming back for our cut. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, so, Ryan, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. All right. So now it's time for our five-minute controversy. And as you all know, five-minute controversy replaced five questions because it was taking way too long. And so this week, our controversy is going to be about the Venom, the second Venom trailer that just dropped. And I've seen a host of reactions to the Venom trailer, ranging from meh to why is the CGI unfinished to this looks awesome, I can't wait for it. So just out of curiosity, want to just go down the line and see what everybody thought of it. So Ryan, what about you? Well, I, I probably fall in the, the meh category. I like the second trailer way more than the first one because, if nothing else, it actually showed Venom. But I, I guess I would say if this was a non... It, this is a Spider-Man property and nothing about it says Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. If this was a property that was not Spider-Man, everything about this movie just says, hey, we're making this character who happened to have an origin in Spider-Man, but we're not doing anything about that whatsoever like if this was called something other than venom if this was called poison you know then uh i would be like oh that that looks interesting i might go see that but um it fails as a spider-man property but i think it might just succeed otherwise if you can ignore that aspect of it okay eric what about you from that trailer so far eddie is not eddie at all Mm -hmm. it's it's weird (laughs) did you see the uh finished cgi that i posted oh the googly eyes (laughs) That makes it so much better. (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. I love how the costume looks. Uh But if I'm super nitpicky about it, the the voiceover from uh, the Clintar, as they like to call Venom's race now, for the last few years of retconning, it reminds me too much of... um, of the darkness from uh from top cow especially if you play the two darkness games it's if it's not the same voice actor i'd be surprised because it sounds a heck of a lot like him and i thought it was tony todd it sounded a little tony toddish yeah but it's just weird because like i it's not that i think the voice is like too deep for what i've always thought venom would sound like it just kind of like it i don't know it just doesn't fit venom to me and i'm sure it'll evolve as the movie goes on depending on even though from what i've heard that script is a train wreck (laughs) i mean you can tell from the trailers alone but anyways Uh and i love tom hardy dearly but what in the actual hell is that accent (laughs) (laughs) at least he was enunciating you know yeah see I i find all this stuff about venom having a race you know, I mean, because I was reading comics in the 90s when they established all that, but it's like, you know, it was supposed to have been a suit that was created by this machine on the yeah. Beyonders world, you know, this yeah. whole idea that it's an actual race somewhere or whatever, you know, I feel like it's just, like, gone way out into, you know, la-la land, you know. I-, I liked it better when it was just, it was a singular entity that could spawn and have its own offspring, but it wasn't like it came from a whole planet of them. I've never been a huge Venom guy. Like, even even as a kid, I was never a Venom guy. And then Rick Remender gets a hold of Venom as a character and 
takes Flash Thompson, who had just come back from war, and it was a war veteran who was missing both of his legs. So when he got fused with the Venom suit, he became, they referred to him as Agent Venom, and he was this, uh, this awesome, cool, like, interesting, not secret agent, but, like, basically warrior who, like, went out to do, like, do missions and it's it's a really interesting take on uh on venom and flash thompson because you actually see flash kind of redeeming himself and going from high school bully to oh he actually you know he actually realized the error of his ways and tries to like make up for the fact that you know he was kind of a scumbag as a kid and just trying to uh live an average life but because now he's got the venom suit he's wow what's what's why can't i think of the right term for when like you're missing your um missing uh well he's an amputee that sort of uh you know like he's basically got these real real like issues and it's just it's a fascinating take it makes it makes venom you know like learning that venom was just as damaged as the people that he attaches himself to is it's pretty pretty fascinating because pete pete's not perfect either the first host is just as messed up as some of the other guys he's chosen but it's my favorite take on the character and i think that would have suited itself stronger to a movie but that's a whole i guess that's a whole nother argument well, yeah i mean there were other yeah there were other people that speculated that that i knew but the problem is to do that you would have to tie it in with spider-man and flash thompson and because yeah, they're you... not allowed to they yep. they couldn't really do that so yeah i mean they're they're kind of taking eddie brock out of spider-man and making him his own his own thing well yeah uh, we commented on the costume looked good did it we only saw it from the neck up there's we, i'm betting there is no spider sigil on the front of it that's what i was wondering too but you know we'll see jen what about you what were your thoughts on the trailer so i didn't see the trailer okay <laughs> and, and here's the thing i don't go looking for trailers nowadays you know sometimes when there's you know something where there's they they drop a trailer for the trailer and you know there's you know like it's it's a whole a whole thing sometimes I'll, I'll i'll watch those but in general i am so sick of having every cool thing in the movie shown in the trailer and making it so i you know there's i i spend the entire time just looking for how do i how, how do the pieces of the trailer connect so in general i just i don't watch trailers anymore i can understand that yeah, for me, I mean, the two the two trailers, I mean, both of them, all they've said to me is generic action movie. Generic sci-horror <laughs> action movie, you know. I, I don't know, there's nothing about it other than the fact that, you know, one of the characters bears some resemblance to a character from the comics that really reached out and grabbed me and said, this is something worth watching. I'll probably Netflix it, but at this point, I am not super excited for the movie at all I, I don't really see anything special or interesting about it i'm pretty much going to just watch it just to see what you know because they said that tom holland makes a cameo in it and now i'm just curious about how sony's going to do that without violating the rules that marvel has set down i have this bad feeling that what it's going to be is that it's going to be eddie brock watching the spider-man homecoming movie establishing <laughs> that the mcu is a movie universe within the uh... venom movie or 
Yeah, it's gonna be like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Red Sonja, where right. you know we all know he's Conan, but he's got a different name. You right. know? <laughs> and so maybe that's why Venom will have the spider symbol, is because he's a fan of the Spider-Man movie or something oh, like Jesus. that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's like some straight-up almost Deadpool nonsense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How meta can we do that? But remember what happened when the Sony president said, like, you know, Venom, we're also doing Venom, which is going to be part of the MCU. And Kevin Feige was like, what? <laughs> so Feige's just like, uh, excuse you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so in some way, I, I'm really curious how they're going to have a cameo by Tom Holland. Well, unless it's just Tom Holland just happens to be walking down the street or something, but that would be <laughs> ridiculous. Some guy named Peter. He, he <laughs> right, yeah. uses his powers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, then even why have him if he's not going to be Spider-Man in some way? So we'll see. Uh, this is going deep cuts. It's the uh, Clark and Lois being inside of uh, Walt Simonson's uh, Thor run. Mm. See, I've read comics from before the 90s. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, jerk. I'm not sure I've ever accused you of never reading comics before the <laughs> 90s, Eric. Why would you, though? Those are the ones that are actually worth something. You should <laughs> never open them. Well, that's what digital comics are for, Ryan. Uh, fair. <laughs> Tony, that and Captain Britain are two of my favorite comic book runs mm. of all time. The, Al- the Alan Allens, Davis. Uh, yep. I can say Allens because it's both Allens. One of my favorite artists and one of my favorite writers. <laughs> teaming up to do Captain Britain and make him an awesome character. And then you got Walt Simonson's entire Thor run, which is amazing, and introduces like four or five of my favorite things from Thor <laughs> that have only been used okay in the movies. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. I, I, I really <laughs> wanted them to set up either Beta Ray Bill or Eric Masterson in the Thor movies, and they did not. Hey, where do you think Sif is right now? That's my fan theory. Okay, well, fair <laughs> enough. Scuttlebutt with with Bill easily because that That's would be a way theory. of continuing the Thor franchise without you know Chris Hemsworth would be to pass on or Valkyrie. I mean, since she was anywhere to be seen on the Hemsworth's ship, Hemsworth's not going anywhere. Um, didn't the distress message say everybody was dead? Yeah, no. I believe it did. Yeah, so I, I yeah. That's a whole other podcast. The ship was torn apart, and the ship was torn apart, and Thor was floating in space. Right. Right. That that doesn't look good. um, I thought there was. Well, we're yeah, well, we're, yeah. Let's not get off on the Infinity War thing. There'll be a whole separate (laughs) podcast for that. But yeah, I mean, that is. It's one of the things where I was like, well, you know, that really, like, puts a damper on, you know, the gooning around from Thor Ragnarok because everybody died other than Thor. um, Real fast. There is. To my knowledge, there was a very short throwaway line from Thor towards the very beginning before everything goes down where he says, like, it's something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's like half of his people managed to get out. There could have been escape pods or something. So I'd assume that's where Valkyrie and hopefully Korg and Meek are. I hope. (laughs) I hope. All right. Definitely Korg. But uh, as far as Venom's going, I I think, once again, see, I want these five-minute controversies to actually be controversial, but I think we're all on the same page (laughs) yet again, where we're kind of like, yeah, kind of meh, you know, (laughs) on this movie. I'm I'm with you. I'm not seeing it in the theaters. Unless I hear amazing reviews, I'm not going there. Right, yeah, I mean, I could change my mind if, yeah, if a bunch of people go see it and are all like, oh my god, Venom was amazing, you gotta see it, then if I can find a babysitter, then maybe I'll, you know, go see it, but, well, we'll see. It's hard enough for me to, to get to see movies. I, I am, I can't believe it, but I am going to make time for Aquaman. <laughs> so, <laughs> towards the end of the year, but, you know, 
We'll see. And the footage they aired went over well, from what I hear. Yeah, I, I'm hoping DC's learned their lesson. And frankly, even though Justice League didn't do as well as they wanted, I enjoyed Justice League. So I feel like DC's going in the right direction. All right, so with that, let us move on to our topic. But before we do that, let's pause for a promo from another fine podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets, including our friends right here at the ESO Network. How will we be remembered? Will it be for saving the world twice? Nope. We're the team who broke time. That's right, history has been torn to shreds, which means it's up to us to put it back together again, piece by piece, fixing these so-called anachronisms before we get torn to shreds. So please, don't call us heroes. We're legends. And we're back. And like we talked about at the top of the show, we are going to discuss the third season of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And uh, like with all the seasons of Legends, they've kind of retooled the show this season, changed some things around. One of the things that I really enjoyed, just diving straight into it, is the fact that they actually gave a reason for why they're traveling in time with the idea that they've fractured time and there's all these aberrations going on. And I felt like that gave them, you know, without like a specific quest Mm -hmm. like they had in the second season to go after the Spear of Destiny or in the first season to go after uh, Vandal Savage and to figure out a way to kill him. It was sort of a way to, okay, we can do this episodically. It's just each time we're finding a new aberration that we need to go Mm -hmm. and we need to fix. And so it became more of a quantum leap slash Voyagers kind of thing where they're setting right things that once went wrong kind of thing and i and i really enjoyed that um i thought it was a great way to retool the season of the show so just thoughts on you know how they retooled the show for this season jen why don't we start with you as you said i think that that every year they they make some adjustments and believe me when uh when when we'd already lost snart and when we were losing stein i was like i don't know if i don't know if i can if i can stay attached to this and and i jokingly said you know the only if they get rid of stein the only thing that would make me come back is if they brought john constantine (laughs) (laughs) and then how about that pretty cool oh but stein dying oh just i mean i there there were tears there were manly tears going on <laughs> that was that was a gut punch and you know but but they're but they're doing a good job of switching out characters to keep things interesting and you know having people that don't have you know n- not bringing in people that have a power set i mean cuz cuz firestorm was just great but but they had to they had to just keep coming up with reasons for why that they they couldn't <laughs> you know do it because if they did, then all their problems would be solved most of the time. Although I was glad that they did the fire Stein before they got rid of Stein. Yes. So that yep. I thought that that was a fun one. And they, they really did seem to be trying to give Victor Garber quite a few things to do before he left. Oh, like yes. he was playing the ancestor. And, you know, he, he got to really stretch uh, his acting chops a little bit more this season, which I was happy with. Because I love Victor Garber. Like everything I have seen him in, I have thought that he's done an excellent job with. Yeah, I'm... I'm 
a huge fan of him as well, going all the way back to, uh, he was in the original cast of Sweeney Todd back in the 70s. <laughs> so uh, I remember him from, from playing Anthony from that. But yeah, we, we've, we've had some very good additions. I love Ava. I think Ava is awesome, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. I think that cutting back on the Rip, I, I love Rip, but <laughs> man. No, I love Arthur Darvel. I love Arthur Darvel, but, but Rip is just, uh. Every time they go somewhere interesting with Rip, they pull him right back. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, why? It was better. Yep. I still think that Rip is a villain that like challenges them from time to time would have been the better mm-hmm. way to go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's definitely somebody that works much better as a, as a bad guy. But yeah, there was there was just a lot of really fun stuff this season and, and especially especially in the, the the second half. I was like I said, I was very apprehensive going into the second uh, half, but I I was very pleased with the way things turned out. And, you know, having um, Damien Dark, ha- having Nora Dark meant that we got to have more Damien Dark, and I could just, you know, sit and watch him read the phone book because he's just so much fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Ryan, how about you? Uh, things that you liked about how they retooled the show this year? Yeah, I mean, they clearly couldn't keep doing, you know, Vision of Doom as much as I would have frankly have loved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, well, here's the thing. They fixed the one problem the Legion of Doom had in my mind, which they took Damien Dark from a point when he had powers. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he, he, with him just being like a dude, it didn't seem as interesting to me. But when they made him the, the super-powered Damien Dark, it's like, okay, he is a real threat for the Legends. Yeah, well, I, and that's, just, that's the thing about Damien. He's either a pushover or he's all-powerful and i i think actually the more powerful he is the more fun he is yeah he does the actor uh neil i think is his name he chews scenery yep, yep yeah and i i don't know i would just <laughs> i i think it, the the scene like for instance where he's um basically torturing the app guy who used to be Ray's boss and, you know <laughs> oh i guess up and down really is more intuitive you know i mean <laughs> It, it, it really doesn't matter what he's doing as long as he's on the screen. The episodes with him in it were probably, without a doubt, the better episodes. Ryan, did you notice who his love match was on that dating site? Damien's? I don't remember. I might have. It was wasn't. Cupid. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he's like, I'm only getting one match. You know, he's trying to swipe it, and it's the same one over and over again. It was Cupid <laughs> from Arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want her to be your man, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I thought that was perfect. <laughs> the psycho obsessive woman, yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> and, But that—that that was this whole season. It's like this season they finally said, "You know what? We know what we are. We're kind of the campy, goofy show on right. the CW, and we're just gonna own it." Right. And they did from from Bebo to uh to just the very fact that it begins with uh, an aruba with caesar showing up you know i mean this season i think ray wore his suit like twice and i didn't even notice you know (laughs) well the good thing and here's the only good thing i think about getting rid of stein is that the presence of stein meant that ray was useless without the power of his suit now that stein is gone ray can be the scientist Scientist, Uh, you know he can fill that role that stein used to fill so ray i think it'll it's only good things for ray to have stein off the team yeah i yeah that's true i mean 
see, I, I have mixed feelings about, about Stein. I mean, Victor Garber will be back the next time they do a musical episode, so I'm not too terribly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a time travel show, so yeah, I've been thinking of that too. Like, whenever Victor yeah. Garber's schedule can work out, they'll they'll go to 2014 or something, and they'll they'll you know hang out with Stein. You know, he'll help him solve a problem or something. Yeah. But yeah, the, every every addition to this this season was great. Even just the the voice of John Noble with actually seeing yeah. just like oh once. You know? Oh, that was so good. <laughs> yeah, no complaints. <laughs> change, change the script, mate. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that was the most meta thing that that I have ever. I mean, this this is a silly show, but that was like the most meta thing ever, and it was perfect. It was great. Well, yeah. Mick, Mick, all the things Mick's been doing on the side this season have been uh-huh. absolutely wonderful. Like, he's reading Bram Stoker's Dracula throughout the Victorian episode, and, you know, he's writing his Harlequin yeah. romance sign novel. <laughs> <laughs> That Zari is like, oh my god, this is so touching, you know, and she's reading it. <laughs> and to, uh, to, you know, he's watching Lord of the Rings while they're trying to sort things out, and they're like, wait, that sounds like Mollus, and it's, <laughs> it's yeah, Denethor. I, I, the one missed Mick opportunity, I felt, was when he refused to, I can't, I think Laika, the dog, had escaped, and he refused to go catch him. Mm. And I, it, I, I would have loved it if you found out that the reason he did that is because he knew Laika was going to die in space. <laughs> and he wasn't going to do that. Oh, That's his line. Oh, <laughs> oh, and Axel! <laughs> Axel! Yeah. The whole thing yeah, with true. Axel was beautiful. The fact they even remembered that. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, oh yeah, he does have the pet rat. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a funeral for him and everything. And then at the end, he just takes out his flame gun and he just torches the thing. <laughs> Oh, I mean, this season the show caught up with Mick. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay. Uh, Eric, what about you? Uh, things that you liked from the retooling this season? Oh, uh, there's some. There's surprisingly out of like out of the four main shows, because obviously I can't fully count Black Lightning, but uh, there's not a single bad episode this season. I don't know if anyone's gone back now that it's all on Netflix, though the only bad thing about that is they didn't include the whole event as part of the season, so you have to wait for Flash and Arrow and... Uh, the Earth X. And Supergirl. Yeah, they didn't... They just have the... De- they just have the Legends episode, which is really wonky. You kind of have to skip over it completely and hope for the other three to come to Netflix. Why would they do that? That's so stupid. <laughs> well, it's because they have a deal with the CW that within, like, a week of the season ending, they can put the whole season on, but that Flash and Arrow haven't ended yet, so they can't put those... And Supergirl hasn't ended yet, so they can't put those on Netflix yet. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the specific... The event. They should have put the whole event as part of the dc legends uh season because legends was a heavy part of the event well yeah but i mean but the way they break it down production wise is it's one episode from each show so it counts but i'm saying it doesn't work when you look at it oh of course but i mean it's never going to because they're going to count it as part of the show they're not going to they're not going to negotiate a separate uh, contract with uh netflix just for the event that's too much work for very little gain. But Nora, Nora was a blessing to the season because she is absolutely fantastic. Yes. I am so glad you told me that she is Brandon Ruth's actual wife in real life. I was getting there. Oh. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Cutting Me Off, you jerk. <laughs> 
Now because, I really ship that. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. That explains the chemistry. That's so good. Yeah, that's why that's one of my favorite episodes. The one where those two go off on their yes. uh, on their stealth adventure and just getting to see the two bounce off of each other. And I know for a fact we haven't seen the last of her. There's no chance in hell they're not going to bring her back in next season. There's yeah. no relationship on this show that I've enjoyed since Sarah and Snart until that one. And then suddenly I was like, oh my god, I love this. <laughs> I love everything about it. I was I was worried about Zari when she was first introduced because that first episode you're kind of like okay who the heck is mm-hmm. this girl and by the end of the season it's like yeah you're one of my favorite characters you're yeah. kind mm-hmm. of awesome <laughs> Zari is great and I love the fact that oh oh I'm sorry that's the other one I'm shipping now is her and Jonah Hex because <laughs> that was so adorable oh, yeah. <laughs> the Groundhog's Day episode won me over on Zari. Well, what I like about Zari is that they didn't feel the need to, like, put her with, you know, because I was worried, oh, God, is she's going to be, like, Ray's love interest, you know, like, who's going to be, like, the love interest, and she's like, no, Zari's just a competent member of the team that doesn't need to, you know, be, like, attached to one of the characters, but then, you know, for the finale, they gave her the the little flirtation with Hex, which I was fine with, because Hex is awesome. Uh (laughs) He's been a consistently great guest star every season, so. And I mean, Wally? I mean, yeah. That's oh a gosh. that's a that, 180 from from exactly. class. Yeah, this, this is you know this is like the the, the rehab center where lame superheroes go. <laughs> awesome. You know, right? Where they become it's, legends. You know? Exactly. I mean, he was he was just like a nothing character on flash and it's like oh they're gonna put him on legends oh great well now we have a speedster and you know that's that's gonna be a pain in the neck and no it ended up working and this is obviously the best that uh that damien dark has been throughout every single one of his one of his appearances since that first season of arrow to last season this was this was neil having the blast with that character and by the end of the season in the back of my mind i'm like are they gonna manage to find a way to keep him around again and then obviously what happened happened which is a bummer i would love to see him come back but i mean obviously with his daughter now working on her redemption slash fixing herself arc and i'm sure like i said we'll at least see her a few times next season i really get that hunch but I guess he's done all he can do at this point. I want a light crossover, you know, like they did with like Supergirl and the Flash. I want a light crossover with Legends and Arrow with a with a date night riff of, you know, <gasps> Oliver and Felicity are going on a date and they encounter Nate and Nora Dark on their date and Oliver's all like, "Oh, you oh mean, no." Not, you, don't mean Nate. you don't mean Nate. You mean uh Oh, not Nate. Uh Ray, Ray? Ray and Nora. Yeah. Right? That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that would be weird. But you no, know, Ray and Nora on on their date, and like Oliver's all suspicious of Nora Dark and keeps following them and stuff. And it's just it's just Ray and Nora trying to have a date. <laughs> that would I know I know we're obviously going to get into the downsides, but that would probably be one of my only real issues with the season is a lot of what they did with Nate was making me wince a lot. I'm like, okay, can we please get Nate back to what made him awesome when he was first introduced he was and never stop awesome it ever. with it? <laughs> I will fight you. Worst historian ever. I'm just saying. <laughs> the only, Nate was at his best when he was high. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, the only the only episode that... Well, no, no, no. I'm trying to think of any time I've actually liked Nate. And it's... Mm. Yeah. He likes Indiana Jones, which is good, but Ray was actually right in that episode that Star Wars is better, so... <laughs> I like Nate 
when he's bouncing off of Ray, and it it doesn't feel like the goofy kids bouncing off each other. It actually feels like you know a, a healthy friendship, and not two frat boys acting like morons, but the actual like. <laughs> the awesome moments between them. Okay, alright, so, speaking of Nate, you know, it goes to Amaya, and I have to ask, why do they keep writing Amaya out only to have her back the next season? Because they wrote her out, but then all the press releases are saying she'll be back as a regular for season four, and I'm like, why? <laughs> do, they, do, not, do they think we actually love her or something? Yeah. Do, they, do they think that she's like... That she's not hot girl from season one because that's that's kind of what she is. <laughs> oh man! Oh oh! The best was Mitt giving the recap of the series so far and talking about the two chicken people from. He's like, oh, that's why the Englishman gathered us, you know, you know, me and, and Snart and the two chicken people or whatever it was he said. And I was yeah. laughing so hard. Bird people, I think. He said. <laughs> But it was just great how he described, like, what what Rip had done. Yep. And does anyone believe for a second that Rip is dead? No. God, no. Oh, Nobody. Uh, <laughs> I don't care, frankly. <laughs> I mean, let him be dead, bring him back, whatever. He's know? doing what Willa Holland is doing over in Arrow, which is whenever he feels like being on the show, it's like, oh, I'm back, I'm on the show, and for whatever reason, they bend over backwards to work that in. So I have the same problem with Will Holland just strolling in whenever she wants to an arrow. And I'm like, just kill her off already so we don't have to keep being subjected to Thea, who was never a good character to begin with. <sighs> it's funny because Roy is going to be a series regular again next season. What? I didn't read that. Oh, yes. It was announced uh, a couple weeks ago. Roy is coming back for uh, next season of Arrow. Huh. As a series regular. Well, I guess Oliver does need a new team. So <laughs> I guess that'll be the start. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about the new characters. We kind of touched on them a little bit. But uh, let's start with Zari as our newest addition to the Wave Rider. Eric, why don't you start us off about Zari? Hey, you know you know how uh, we've known a certain other hacker character on a certain other show for, uh, for almost six seasons now, and she's obnoxious as <laughs> Yeah, uh, Zari's the opposite of that. Yes! <laughs> well, because that's the thing. It's like, Zari, like, has a lot more going on than just being the hacker. And she doesn't, like, make a big deal about it either. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a thing I gotta do, so I'm gonna go do that right now. You, you know... It, oh, it, and she didn't kill thousands of people. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like if this were was like a john hughes movie if felicity be, would be the one like you would be all focused oh that's the one i'm in love with that's the one the main the boy wants to be with where, but his best friend is zari and he doesn't realize how awesome zari is until the final 10 minutes right. of the movie yeah no I, <laughs> I, that, that's a very good description actually i mean i think it was jennifer that i saw a post from one time where she was talking about that zari's just playing video games to play video games because she enjoys them Yes! Not because, yeah, yeah, not because she's trying to impress a boy or anything like that. It's just that's that's what she does in her free time. Well, yeah. it's it's worth noting. I think I I'm, I could be wrong, but I think Zari is the first member to be from the future. Yes. So you know, mm-hmm. and a borderline despotic. Everything's ruled ruled by Argus. Future at right. that. So yeah, Sli- <laughs> slightly controversial opinion, though. I think you guys would agree with me. You really want another female on the team, and you want to finally get rid of Amaya. A certain Troy might be a great addition to the uh, to the team in the two episodes that we've seen her now. Well, yeah. Helen of Troy? Just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. I think Helen yeah. would be fun. Well, I mean, the fact that she's now an Amazon is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But I never, I mean, the problem is, and my daughter was saying the same thing, the, do- the problem is they didn't want to make her beauty be like a magical thing that compelled people because they wanted to make a statement about, you know, men and the way they behave. But it's right. like, you look at that actress and you're like, mm, I don't see why they're behaving that way because she's not, she's not that special guy. I mean, she's pretty, but she's not, <laughs> she's not that pretty, you know? I hey, really think... Name- what, sorry? It was the 1930s. She had straight teeth. That's well, really yeah. <laughs> Damn. Because <laughs> I really think if they wanted the people to behave that way, they should have made it some sort of magical enchantment or something because, you know, that was a little much. But yeah, Zari, um, what I, you know, and I like the fact that she like clicked off of Wally, you know, right away. And that Wally was like the compound competition for video games and stuff because, you know, he has super speed. And so it's like, how did you beat my high score? And it's like, oh yeah, you're a speedster. (laughs) (laughs) So how many controllers has that boy broken at this point? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, you have anything else to add about Zari? Um, yeah, I liked her from the get go, but I really really liked her with the, the Groundhog's Day episode. Uh, that is, you know, Groundhog Day episodes are risky. You, they're either great and they solidify a character and a storyline, or they're just, you're wondering why you're wasting your time seeing the same crap over and over again. And this one, almost like every episode uh, this season, it worked. And I think the thing about Zari is she works as like the friend for everyone. Like you were saying, she's, she's, uh, the she's Wally's game uh, game buddy, but at the same time she was also kind of best friends, uh, platonic best friends with Ray. You know, I, uh, the the episode. Speaking of Nate and Ray, the episode where they go back in time and Nate is hitting on Ray's mom. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the entire episode and Zari is there kind of in the background trying to talk to young Ray and everything. I don't know. I mean, I, I think she's just uh, she's approachable in a way that maybe none of the others are while also having a hard exterior. I, I was really worried in those early episodes that they were trying to set up a romance for her and Ray, but I'm glad that it turns out to just be that she likes his innocence that because she comes from such a bad world that she just likes the fact that Ray you know, is, like, so... Ho- He's everything that Superman should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's that hopeful, optimistic character, and that she's, she's so unused to that that she likes it, you know? And so, yeah, I, I like that friendship as well. Yeah. Jen, what about you? Uh, any other things to say about Zari? Uh, I just I just liked her. I mean, you, you guys have, have pointed out most most of the things. You know, I... just Just because of my own you know, personal style and everything. I love having a female character on the show who's not, you know, there to be a love interest, who's not, you know, there to, because she's got something to prove, you know? She's just a a cool character that's very competent and, you know, and gets along with people. And it's, her gender isn't an issue, which makes me really happy when they have characters like that. Yeah, see, when Jax left, I thought Wally, because Wally was studying to be an engineer, would end up being the new mechanic on the team. Mm -hmm. And I was glad that Zari's the one that kind of took over those duties, because that's, you know, again, it's like, you know, uh, it's it's showing that, you know, she's multifaceted and she's got skills to bring to the team. And so, you know, I I appreciated that um, quite a bit. Yeah, I I also like that there's kind of a a low-level spirituality with her. I mean, with the possible exception of Stein, I, I... I don't think they ever talked about like religion or, or the belief systems of any of the other characters. I know Felicity every now and then mentions hers, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think in the across the entire CW Berlantiverse there are any other openly 
you know, religious, religious characters. Yeah. Ragman. Yeah. Yeah. Ragman was Rag religious and, and mentioned yeah. Jewish yeah. stuff from time to time, but yeah. You got to make it more than one season to count. Well, know? sure, okay, no, fair enough. But well, I mean, Lazari's <laughs> only been in one season. But no, I love the one yeah. where she's <laughs> where where Mix tried to tempt her away from her fast. It's awful, <laughs> right. but it was funny because it was Mick. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, mmm, hamburgers. You know, <laughs> if you're hungry, eat. You know. <laughs> Because it's just so, it's showing the stark contrast of Zari, who's like, you know, oh. trying to believe in something, you know, you know, different, you know, or something higher than what she can see. And Mick's just like, if you're hungry, eat. You know, it just shows their <laughs> characters so well of, you know, I, I feel something and then I've got to gratify that right away, you know. <laughs> so but I also, I thought it was interesting because it's sort of a, nua a nuanced portrayal of religion as well, because it's not, she's not just doing it because she's, you know, I'm a Muslim, so I'm going to do this thing. It's like, she even right. mentions that she doesn't really necessarily believe in all of it, but now with her family gone, you know, she feels like it connects her to her family in a way by going through the traditions and whatnot. So it was kind of, it was interesting from that standpoint too, that it wasn't just a one note thing. She is Muslim. Therefore she does this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, let's talk about Ava, which Jen, uh, Jen was bringing up how much she loves Ava. So why don't you, uh, start us off with Ava, Jen? Sure. I think that, I think Ava has been interesting from, from the start because she's, you know, she's everything that Rip isn't in terms of, <laughs> of being, uh, you know, stable and responsible and competent and, you know, just have, having her there, it was like, oh, okay, so the, the Time Bureau isn't necessarily, you know, evil, it's, it's just, or, or anything else, it's just they, you know, it depends on who's running it and what kind of a relationship they have with the team. But so she starts out in this sort of antagonistic situation. And then, you know, the more they work together, the more, you know, th they end up making friendships and stuff. I thought her relationship with Sarah was, was really well handled. Again, that's one of those things that I look at and I'm like, are you going to, is this like, you know, a male gaze? Oh, girls are kissing because we want to see girls kiss kind of thing or, you know. And so I, I was I was very happy with, with the way that the, the romance progressed with that. And then the the plot line about where she came from. Oh, my God. Well, the oh Rip's line there is the killer in the next episode where he's like, do you know how? Times? Right. Well, well, no, no, no. Before that, when oh, he's okay. like, do you know how hard it is to find an agent with your skill set, especially one who's replaceable? Yeah. I was like, oh my god, to have that just said to you that basically you're just this part that we can just trade out whenever we need to. It's just like, oh. For me, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. But then, then she's like, wait, have you, have you changed me out before? He's like, yes. And I'm like, oh god, this is going to be awful. <laughs> Twelve times. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. And, and to Rip, it was like, well, this is awkward that I'm having to say this, but I don't actually feel bad about it. Right. <laughs> like, right, because like, to Rip, it's like, this makes you know. perfect sense. You know, I mean, this is, this is the right thing to do, you know? <laughs> right. And, and he's not wrong. I mean, that is kind of awesome, right? <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, I, I like I like Ava and I like the Time Bureau in that not evil but antagonistic role. 
right. felt like once she became the girlfriend, and I get what they're doing because it's the trope. It's the you know if if Sarah was a male captain, you know this sort of thing happens. The the adversary falls in love with the captain, and then it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's oh now we can work together and be friends. And it's just like I felt like it. I liked it better when it was antagonistic. I liked it better when there was competition. I felt like after that it it kind of lost all interest both with Ava and the Time Bureau because they were never an impediment after that that's true and but, I but she's, she's gonna be a regular next season right uh probably yeah, yeah th- she's I already been so. confirmed and and i believe that's a regular as in on the ship and not at the time bureau and and dropping in they haven't actually confirmed that part they just okay. said that she's a series regular yeah i thought that they were probably gonna kill her off towards the end and we would get the actress back playing ava the 12th Oh you know? my god, that would be awesome! <laughs> and so then it would be like this sort of horror, you know, kind of thing, you know, of of Sarah knows this person very well, but she doesn't yeah. know her, you know, uh-huh. and this sort of problem of, you know, and can you go through that again, you know, kind of thing, of this person's replaceable, you know, and, and, and so I, I thought that would be an interesting dramatic way to go with it, but with the sort of light comedy that this show is turning into, <laughs> I don't think it's they like, wanted to go with something that dark. <laughs> it's their it's their version of Wayun from Deep Space Nine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll see. But I mean, with with that technology though, they've given themselves an out for any death now because they can always go to twenty two thirteen and bring whatever DNA and be like, let's crank out you know another uh, Ray or you know Sarah or whoever dies. <laughs> yeah, but you clear you don't get the memories clearly. Yeah. But they can impress memories on them. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, they can convince well, I mean, them they, they that they have a time machine. They can just go to, you know, another point in time and get that character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what about you? Uh, thoughts on Ava? The first couple episodes of the season, I didn't really like her. And then especially midpoint and then uh, by the end. Because uh, I'm of the opposite opinion when it comes to a certain backup character than you are, Nate. I personally love Gary. I, I think Gary's great. <laughs> Especially in the smaller doses, and especially once he meets John Constantine. Yeah. The Certainly, the smaller John, the dose, the better of Gary. Yes, I'll agree <laughs> with that. The whole the whole falling for his boss thing. Yeah, that that stuff got creepy real fast. But the uh, <laughs> the like yeah. the fan admiration slash what seemed to be a little bit of a crush on John is just just great and the fact that john joins his D group i loved i love that no that's the only episode see i liked gary the first time they introduced him when i thought he was a one-off character in the circus one that i liked i was like okay he's just a you know barely competent member of the time bureau whatever and then the only other time i liked him was the one where he was with constantine and there's all the D references and the and the fact that his D game was so apropos to what was going on on the wave rider and the fact that he described Ray as a gnome. <laughs> and Mick was the half orc rogue. <laughs> Gary Gary is to Legends of Tomorrow what uh, what Bob is to Deadpool comics. Bob Adrian and Hydra for those that don't right, know right, right. what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, Not my, the movie my issue Bob, with Gary, yeah, I mean is I mean again, it's a way of just showing how like pathetic the time bureau is because the fact that he doesn't lose his job and that he's involved at this high of a level on like everything. 
The only, well, the his, only his other dad time. is a, oh. the, you know, a member. You know, <laughs> he's a legacy. His dad bought a building or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, the only other time time agent that we really got a chance to meet was uh, Ava's original boss, and that guy got punked out by a <laughs> gorilla grot, so. Yeah, it was so funny because I was just turning to my wife before that scene, being like, you know, we haven't seen Grodd in forever, and all of a sudden Grodd just murders the dude <laughs> as they're talking to him. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I like I like that actor, and I know we've talked about him before because he was the uh, he was the Dharma Initiative guy inside of Lost. I really yeah. like that actor, but yeah, his character is just like, yeah, you can go. <laughs> he he's clearly one of those Vancouver natives who shows up in all genre shows. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he was a main character on um on Caprica also. Yeah. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. He worked for uh Eric um not Eric Stoltz. Was it Eric Stoltz? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Eric, I, I kind of interrupted you when you brought up Gary. Are you saying that Ava is good because she brings Gary along with her? Was that the argument you were trying to make? <laughs> no, no. I was just oh, okay. saying I, I, I do enjoy Gary for what he is. Oh, okay. And I know you wouldn't bring but him up. we're talking about so Ava. I had to defend my boy. <laughs> but we're talking about um, Ava. <laughs> no, Ava's great. Especially okay. when, the, uh, when the romance finally picked up and the show flat out was just like, oh, no, this isn't just a fan theory. We're going full romance yep. with this. And she... Both her and Sarah bring out the best in each other, and it's mm-hmm. not in that stereotypical way, like, you make me better kind of thing. Right. No, they, like, flat out, they're flawed human beings who, the second they're around each other, bring out the strengths that mm-hmm. the other one doesn't show when they're not around that person. Eric, we're the white canary. <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> I will I will leave this show right now. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, in The Flash, the, the catchphrase recently has been Iris saying to Barry, we're The Flash. Oh, and it's okay. been annoying to a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> so just making a joke there to show how that could that relationship could be so awful. I saw a meme, <laughs> I saw a meme yesterday or the day before that that was... Uh, that was Thanos like <laughs> enacting his plan, and it has Iris going. I forgot what the what they wrote, but it was Iris going. No, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like go away, Iris. Go away. <laughs> Everybody wants you dead at this point, except for <laughs> except for two episodes ago when you actually did something pretty badass with that sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting cool. to. I'm starting to wish Savitar had uh, done it last season. Yep. <laughs> bring back HR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then we would have Mopey Berry for like. Ever. I know. Well, that's yeah. That's the problem with it. But oh, Iris. Oh, anyway. But yeah, that's that's my Ava point because obviously, uh, obviously, we hadn't talked about that yet. I know Jen kind of slightly touched on it, but that's what one of the best things about Ava from the writing writing room standpoint was getting to see her different elements to her and Sarah taken to new levels because you never really get to see either actress play with that until they were introduced into their romantic. Uh, relationship and getting to see the new sides of those characters even though obviously we've only known Ava for this season but it's really interesting stuff. That's a good point if uh, if not for Ava then when Sarah got the death totem that might have gone in an entirely different way. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's okay Mick was there to handle it. Okay, Mick with the fire totem is like one of my favorite things this season. <laughs> the fact that he's doing things like roasting like <laughs> hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff with the power. 
And when they try to teach him finesse, he destroys everything but the target. Right. <laughs> I mean, we that that is one of the strongest things about this season entirely are the small character moments. Mm-hmm. From finding out how Ray was as a kid to meeting Rory's dad and just seeing yeah. Seeing that different side of Mick, to even Amaya has a great character moment in the pirate episode, and getting to see the uh, the awesome. That's the Amaya I like. That's the mm-hmm. badass, awesome pirate character, and not everything else they've been doing. With <laughs> I was like, we oh, Amaya's actually get, awesome. We got we went through two seasons to get one awesome episode for Amaya. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, here's my thing though about the the character stuff when they're going into the past and seeing like you know getting into like you know f- uh, family type stuff or things with them with themselves in the past. They kept building it up as there must be some reason for this. There must be some special thing. And then in the end, they tried to tie it in and said it was so that we'd be worthy of the totems. But then it's like, but wait a minute, that only really works with Mick because you went back in time with Ray and met Ray's self. But Ray at the end wasn't one of the ones holding the totem. You met younger stein again but that didn't have anything to do with the totems and so it's like none of that stuff really tied in there was no greater purpose for it i do i do have uh two two words for you when it comes to my personal favorite character moment of the whole season hetty lamar <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. real you person you did you get it <laughs> i had no idea that she was i thought that she was just someone they made up for the show <laughs> oh my god then really? timeless yeah really? then timeless did an episode on her and i was like oh she's a real person yes. <laughs> my my knowledge of pre-1950s film can be summed up with um oh crap and now i've lost his name what is his name my mom loves him uh Cary grant that's like the one actor that i know <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna say charlie chaplin <laughs> no oh, okay no i know who charlie chaplin is too but Jimmy like stewart uh, I yes, I know who Jimmy Stewart is. I could get the moon for you. Okay, sorry. But yeah, I don't know much about pre nineteen fifties film, so yeah, that was yeah. I thought she was just some like you know some person they made up, so that was interesting. Nope. But nope. <laughs> Ryan, did we get your thoughts on Ava? They they are much different than everyone else's. I, I think uh, my feelings on Ava. I, she was just the face of the Time Bureau, you know, when you couldn't have Rip in the beginning. And I, I guess as the the threat of malice increased, my respect or my appreciation of Ava also increased. Uh, you can see that that's where once once Ava and Sarah started realizing that malice was a greater threat than I than each other, and they started seeing what they could bring to the table together. And that that's when the relationship really started to develop, and why I really started to like her. I, I think what's great about about the character of Sarah. Is that yeah? You know, it's like Jennifer is saying, is this just for the you know male gaze? You know, two women kissing, or whatever. But you could have gone either way with Ava. It could have just as easily been Aaron or something like that. And, and uh, so I don't know. They took a risk there and decided to cast to this actress as the part. And uh, I'm glad she's coming back next season. Um, I don't know that she necessarily. I, if she, I don't know what she necessarily. But then this is where we're at with the whole show. No one cares about their powers anymore. We're just watching them for their personalities. You know? I mean, I don't know what her power is going to be, but yeah, I mean, you know, Nate didn't meddle up, but Nate meddled up as often as Ray put on his suit. And, you know, so yeah, I don't care anymore. My problem with Nate not meddling up is that he will meddle up and will punch like one guy and then de-meddle when it's like, wait a minute, people are shooting at you and stuff. Shouldn't you like stay meddled up until the fight is over? 
whatever. You know? <laughs> and I get that they're saving money on the CG, but it makes no sense at all. Just cut away from him, and we'll just think he's still metaled up. You know, you don't have to show him de-metal. I mean, or, like, have him wear something from... Have him wear a full bodysuit. So you can say he's metal underneath, you know? <laughs> there are ways. You know? <laughs> okay, so, so Eric invoked him, so I'm going to bring him up. Gary, pro or con, Ryan? On balance, I'm going to go pro. I mean, he makes as much sense as the, the entire show, as, as the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Jen? You're not helping the case, Ryan. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Jen, what about you? Uh, I, 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 would, I would say positive in small doses. I mean, that that's something that he can, that could get so silly and, and so over the top very quickly if if they do not confine him to small doses. But, you know, as, as just a, a background character that you kind of forget is there and then pops up every now and then, that's that's fine. Yeah, I just feel like he was overused this season. Like I say, the first time he showed up in the in the circus one, I, I thought he was fine. You know, I didn't really have a... But it, it felt like he was in every episode. You know, especially towards the end. It was like every episode we'd have Gary, and it was like, okay, a joke gets really tired if you tell it over and over and over again. You know, give him a little space. Yeah. I mean, he, he was literally Ava's sidekick. Yeah, but the problem is, if you want Ava to be the tough as nails, like, super competent person, why would she have Carrie as her sidekick? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. You know? I, why did why did Dr. Frankenstein have Igor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cheap labor or something? Yeah, cheap labor. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Igor wasn't supposed to be incompetent, was he? I thought that he was just the assistant. He just had a deformity. I mean, that's not his fault. <laughs> Anyway. Alright. Okay. So that's Gary. Maybe we're gonna find out that Gary is like the budget clone from a different year. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford an Ava. It's like get this a is, Gary. we have like fifty dollars left over from buying Ava. What can we get for it? Oh, here's our Gary model. <laughs> exactly. You know, something for the kids, you know. <laughs> It's like the movie Twins, where it's like all like the genetic purity goes into the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, and, and uh, Danny DeVito is all the crap that was left over. First multiplicity, where it's Michael Keaton, the third version of Michael Keaton having cloned himself, you know? Right. Oh, man. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, that brings us to Wally as a new character on this show. I, I, I can't remember who mentioned, but somebody mentioned that he was way better than on The Flash. I did. Yeah. So, so yeah, Eric, why don't you start us off then? Anything else you want to say about Wally uh, joining Legends? Uh, just that we finally get to see how awesome Wally is. Oh, <laughs> and karaoke, please. Oh, I love the whole that they brought up the whole I'm the fastest man alive thing because my daughter's gotten into a thing with the Flash where every time Barry says that he's the fastest man alive, she's like, you're not. <laughs> it's been proven multiple times, <laughs> you know. So I love the fact that like Wally's like, I'm the fastest man alive. And Nate's like, maybe the second fastest, you know. <laughs> so it's like they're playing with that joke. Of, you know, it's 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 hard to claim that you're the fastest when all the speedsters are constantly getting faster, you know? So, Ryan, what about you? What do you think of Wally joining the team? Yeah, I mean, what he needed, and I, I think this was probably pretty clear, even in The Flash, is to get out from under Barry's shadow. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it was, frankly, in The Flash, Wally should never have been introduced until 
Barry was an like until like season eight. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it was Barry needed to be way more established before Wally came in. So he was brought in too soon, and it just it hurt because of that. Really, my only complaint about Wally this entire season has been his hair. <laughs> See, I was going to say I loved his hair. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm with you on the hair, Ryan. I did not like the hair. <laughs> but Zen Wally is the best, you know? <laughs> I thought karaoke Wally with Rip was the best. Well, that's you, you know? <laughs> and, and I guess they must just already have like an entire library of uh, speedster effects that they can right. just do wallies anytime they want. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed like, you know, even though everybody else seemed to be taking a step back from using their powers, they ratcheted Wally. He was like at normal flash levels of, you know, he's just speeding around whenever. But Jen, what about you? What do you think of Wally joining the team? I, you know, what, what everybody else has said, I think that, that he was so underutilized on Flash because he was just, he was just, you know, the, the second banana. He was, you know, the one that, that, you know, is not the main character. And so, and, and the things that they tried to plots that they involved him in just were, you know, they they were the B plot, you know, it was, it wasn't ever anything that was super interesting. And I love, he just seems so much cooler, so much more interesting as a person since he's gotten onto this show. And yeah, And I personally, I I like the hair. I thought it was, it was different. Yeah, it's that. uh, So. I'm so glad they didn't stick with the man bun. (laughs) Yeah, no, no man buns. (laughs) That lasted like two episodes and then it finally went away and I'm like, oh, thank you, Wally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I liked having Wally. I think it improved the flash too, to get him off the show because I, I, last year when it was, we're a team of speedsters and we're fighting a speedster. It was like, there was just too yeah. much super speed going on. So ratcheting down how many characters have super speed on the flash was good. And adding that as an ability to legends was good. Mm-hmm. And it was an ability that they are actually allowing him to use, which gives them mm-hmm. a heavy hitter. So unlike firestorm, where it was like, my God, he's so powerful. We can't let them. And he's so expensive. Yeah. We can't do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Firestorm was, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the one, one reason I could never buy Sarah as like a great captain was because every mission it would be like, <laughs> okay, Stein, you're you're on the ship and you know, Jack's with us. You're like, what? <laughs> right. The only time it worked was the time when like Rip like let loose that EMP or whatever. And they were together, they were gonna firestorm, but then they couldn't because it had, like, disrupted their matrix or whatever. So, that was the one time where it was like, oh man, they could have. (laughs) (laughs) Darn. (laughs) Darn those plot contrivances. (laughs) But... But yeah, I love having Wally on the show. And again, I mean, if it, this whole idea that these are like sort of the rejects or the people that don't matter is like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a good, it's a good thing to hang their hat on because it's showing yeah. that even though you might have been a failure in your old you know, the the old environment, you know, by, by changing your environment, by working with other people, by going to a new place, you know, you can improve yourself and you can do mm-hmm. things that are important. And I think that's that 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 creates a uh, I don't know, sort of a I can't think of the right word, but it's a it's a it's a sort of a theme for the series that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, makes it fun to watch, you know, and it, it actually it's, it's gives re- it a hopeful it's, vibe. It's like redemption, basically. It's it's, you know. Not that, that you've done anything bad, you've just been lame, and we're going to redeem you and make you awesome. Right. <laughs> oh, man. D&D. Oh, yeah, and Wally's the monk from D&D. I like that. Oh, <laughs> oh, but 
I'm never going to get over those D&D analogies. It's the best thing. And I hate gnomes, which is why I thought it was funny that Ray was the gnome. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> and so that brings us to John Constantine. So, Jen, I will allow you to squee for a minute here. <laughs> what do you think of Constantine and his usage on the show? So here's the thing with Constantine that I have, have been concerned about you know, since since he's been doing guest spots on, on other people's shows, is that Constantine is not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh and and he is get the job done at all costs. And I, I thought that they did an amazing job with that on his solo series of making it so that he wasn't he wasn't like an asshole. He he was still somebody that you could cheer for, but he was, you know, not particularly sentimental and i thought you know this the problem with him coming into a team environment is that you have to you know you have to to shave off the the rough edges and you have to you know make him more of a team player but this season <laughs> i thought i thought they what the way that they used him on the show was very good i thought it was very effective and they did not pull any punches like that that, that one episode where uh, he's he's on his way out and he's like, "Hey Ray, just just in case, here's how you kill Sarah." Right. <laughs> it's like, holy, that that is dark. But yeah, I think that that he's going to be an interesting addition to the team, and I'm looking forward to seeing how how they balance that, how they how they reconcile that because he is very much a, a solo act, and uh, he's he's not somebody that you can 100% trust. But, you know, and it'll it'll depend on the, the kinds of plot lines they're looking at, of course. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think he's a great character. And I love the fact, oh my gosh, I love the fact that they're they're totally calling out the, the smoking thing and the ridiculousness of, of NBC not letting him. There, there, was, there was something where he uh, starts to light up in the cargo hold and and, uh, and Ray is like, hey, you, sh- you can't smoke in here. <laughs> I thought that was a rule for network television across the board, is that you couldn't show somebody smoking. I don't know about that. I'm not sure. Okay. That's what I had heard at one point, that network TV nowadays, like the, you know, the regulations say that they cannot show somebody smoking on a on, on a broadcast network show. Uh, I'm not I mean, sure. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a written in stone rule, but I, I know they get around that. Like, you may not necessarily see someone smoking, but you'll see them holding a cigarette. Right, and that's that's usually yeah. how you get around it. Is yeah, they, yeah. they you, you can show them lighting up, but then before, you know they don't have to take right. a puff, or it's they're just holding a smoking you know cigarette in their hands, or they're just stabbing mm-hmm. one out or whatever, exactly. so that they imply it without showing it. I, I guess it could be worse. It could be a vaping. <laughs> I didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Ryan uh, Constantine. You know, he wasn't. He only guest starred a few times, so I'm more interested to see how he uh, interacts with the rest of the crew. We know how he gets along with Sarah, and to a lesser degree, Ray. I want to see how he he and Mick get along. I want to see, you know, him stuck in close quarters with Zari and uh, and Nate, and and I want to see him hit on Nate. You know, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Constantine. You know, so yeah, I I think there's an interesting possibilities and dynamics there but i also think he and mick is like the lovable annoyance whereas constantine is more could be more of the irritating annoyance in reality well obviously they won't play it up that way because they're going to want us to like him so i i don't know i really think that he'll be i don't see it being more than one season 
I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it, but I just—it's just not in his nature to. He, he like like Jennifer's saying, he's not really a team player. It's not really—he's a solo act. So it, I don't know that it's ever going to feel right. It's always going to feel like a, a square peg in a round hole. I I want to see more of the Ray and Constantine magic versus science thing. Yeah, because I didn't <laughs> yeah. think they gave that enough. But of course, he was only there for a few episodes, so I would I would like to see that. Yeah, I, honestly, I would rather have had Jonah Hex join the team yes. um, long-term than Constantine. Oh, well, that's been, yeah, I've been hoping for that because, yeah, I feel like the guy who played Hex has mm. been so good the few times that we've had him. Oh, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. And and, and, and he, he was in the one good episode from season one, so, you know, <laughs> it's like, that says something right there, is you made an episode in season one good. <laughs> yeah. I, I should say here that I like Constantine. I loved his the Constantine show on um, NBC. I just I just don't. I think that just from a a vibe standpoint, that I'm not sure he's the right fit for Legends. It's just gotten too campy and too funny. His he was way too dark and way too intense. Uh, Eric, what about you? I definitely I cannot wait to see him interact with more of the team. More especially when we only had like really the minor interaction with Mick. That one trench coat line, which is brilliant. And then uh, I love the fact that Mick gives everybody nicknames. And it's not an actual like thing on, on his part. He's just doing it subconsciously. <laughs> well, because he doesn't know what they're really called. He just like comes up yep. with it. It's like, I can't yep. be bothered to remember, so I'm just going to call you, you know, whatever. <laughs> My bigger hope with, because the floodgate is finally open for more, playing with more magic stuff for the Berlantiverse. So... Here's what I'm saying, and because I love, I love Constantine. It's very obvious. I, I kind of talked Jen into getting the action figure after I got it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, if I can get Rocket Raccoon on the big screen, yeah, I want Detective Chimp. <laughs> That's I'm not where I thought that you were going there. with that. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there. You if don't get, get that Rocket until Raccoon, I get my Howard the Duck movie. Yes, <laughs> I want Detective Chimp. Bobo deserves some love on the small screen. And I feel like he could really hit it off on a show like this without, like, anybody kind of, you know, with a majority of the fan base being, oh, there's a talking chimp, and that's awesome. And instead of, in a, in a Sherlock Holmes hat, instead of people going, what's with the stupid talking monkey? Because that's not the fan base the show has. People go, holy crap, there's a really sardonic, just <laughs> detective <It's not>. chimp. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We can't afford a tiny ray. There's That's no true. way. That's true. <laughs> Look, okay, if James Gunn has to do three movies to audition for a Howard the Duck film, okay, you're not just going to come in with your detective chimp <laughs> on the small screen and, and undercut this man putting in, you know, yeoman's work. <laughs> The three movies just to get a Howard the Duck film, you know. But obviously, we'll probably we'll finally probably see some resolution on Ragman. I think that's a strong possibility. Uh, We're I gonna see not. some actual mystical threats. Which I'm throwing this out there. We obviously got a brand new villain in Matt and I'm sorry, Malice, as he likes to be called, as he yelled at them on the <laughs> and not Malice, but um, Malice. <laughs> I'd love to see someone like Etrigan show up at an. Uh, uh, sh- I mean, not Etrigan. Um, wow, who Jason am I thinking Blood? of? No, um, well, Jason Blood and Etrigan, obviously, like find some way to do it. But no, I'm thinking. Um, uh, help, help me out real fast. The uh, the DC, the DC, basically the DC Mephisto, the guy who's basically Satan but isn't Satan. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know DC well enough. Girl. I can't help you. Yep, but. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, see, see, that's the kind of stuff I uh, see. See, the occult stuff to me is kind of uh, I, I like my magic. That's where we're to going be. this new season. They've flat out said it with that end teaser. We're going occult. No, they said it was going to be myths and legends. If you read the uh, the the press releases, so it's going to be like. You know, I'm thinking more mythology and stuff oh. like that kind of stuff. Because even when Malice, Malice, whatever, Malice is a better Malice. name. That's what I was saying all <laughs> along. Is they should have just called the thing Malice. Because if you're gonna have like a, an evil character, that's like a good name. And it's like at the end, it's fine. Like I'm not Malice, I'm Malice. And I'm like, oh, okay. So because the Mollusk joke got old after like the right. third time they told it. You know, it's like okay, it's not a Mollusk. You know, and most people wouldn't even go there, but. You know, I, I was disappointed that they went full on like classic demon look for that. I, I was just like, eh, I would have liked something a little more interesting yeah. than just mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, classic, you know, uh, kind of just big and wings and horns because I feel like that's been done to death. Classic demon? Are, are you sure? I'm pretty sure that was Tim Curry's character from Legend. I was just gonna say <laughs> Legend, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't classic demon. That was full on Tim Curry's character from Legend. They right. flat so, out ripped it off. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I, I I see. I like my magic to be something that doesn't need like a whole lot of like chanting and dancing around and stuff. I I, I like something like Doctor Strange, where it's like you just say it's something that you know we can't really explain right now, or like the amulets, you know, with the totems, mm-hmm. you know, and and we don't need to go into the the mysticism of it and the and the details you know so i am i'm uh, yeah i I, but yeah i'm interested to see where they're going with this going back to john one of my favorite things about constantine as both a character and the way they've been playing him so far in the three guest spots that he's had Mm -hmm. uh four if you want to include the arrow episode john's a jerk but he's not a sociopath Mm -hmm. so Seeing that dynamic added in to a team that, for the most part, is, like, cohesive now is going to be really interesting. Well, they've said that that a couple of the characters next season are going to go evil. I've, yeah, I heard that. I, I don't know if I really buy it. I think it's probably going to be something like, we think they're going evil, but then we find out that it's all an act or something. But mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, who do you think, Eric, I'll start with you, who do you think would be the candidates for being evil next season? Um, I feel like they'll play with it with Ray, just because I feel like he'll have something happen where he'll be like, I'm a bad guy now, you know what I mean? Like, And they'll play up the comedic side of it. I can easily see that happening. And that's probably the stuff they're talking about. But I also see Wally possibly having some darker moments and seeing how that would go. Because obviously he's been on this this soul searching trip. So I feel like seeing him make some darker choices at this point while having, you know, voices of reason to fall back on would be something we'll probably see. So those two and then can't do Mick because... That's kind of half of Mick's shtick is whether or not he'd fall back into uh, into that. Sarah, we've seen it done with. Zari, it's kind of been done with because she was a loner when she first joined up with the team. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough call. And John's just John. So, and I really don't see them suddenly having Nate go full jerk more full idiot again than full jerk <laughs> he's gonna come up with an addiction problem <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what happens he's bad just because yeah. he needs his hit <laughs> he needs that stuff that maya uses to <laughs> see the ancestors he's taking it so much but uh, jen what about you who would you think would be the two to go evil yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's hard because, you know, Sarah already has, we, we've done that with Sarah, you know, 
John is is John, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I think I think Ray and Wally are are interesting choices, and I think with Ray it could go. You could you could do the you know play it for laughs, but you could also with that character you know because he is so goddamn earnest and he is so so hopeful and everything and you know if something really pulls the rug out from under him you know that that could that could be an interesting way to go just to see what happens when someone who's who's that boy scout good loses faith or whatever i think ava is also a, a possibility that you know she we, we've seen her as an antagonist, but it, I mean, honestly, I think any of them, it could be interesting because, I mean, Rip is, is the, like the best example of, you know, if you take a boring character and make them evil, suddenly that they're interesting. <laughs> that speech he gave about like time is like pain and suffering and having your child die in your arms. It's like, holy crap, you know, yep. this guy is way more interesting now. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, Ryan, what about you? Any thoughts about uh, who could go evil? Well, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like we're maybe thinking about it too literally. Like the characters as we know them now are going to become evil, as opposed to maybe we're going to find alternate versions of them. Mm. Like in cr- the Crisis on Earth X, I thought it was a missed opportunity not to have an evil ray, like a mad scientist ray. Yeah. That mm. that would have been. <laughs> that would have been something to see. So yeah, I would like to see an alternate uh, timeline or reality or, or Earth Ray who is evil. But I, I want to see that. I remember reading somewhere that Amaya is coming back, but it's, she's going to be one of the the evil ones. And again, who knows how? I, maybe uh, again, time will be. It's a time machine, so maybe time will be changed, or there'll be uh, the, her stone will be corrupted. Who knows? So I don't know. I, I've. I kind of think that's how they're going to go with this, is is that we're going to see evil versions that aren't these characters being corrupted. Mm. See, you brought that up. See, I didn't read that anything about Amaya specifically, but that was going to be my vote, that if we were going to have Amaya back, that she'd be back as a villain. That for mm-hmm. whatever reason that she's been... Because that was what, what... I mean, they they teased it this season, where there was the thing where the poachers were there in Zambezi, and right. they show her, like, you know, with the blue eyes, and she, like, growls, and they make it seem like she just murdered those people. I would love to see evil Amaya and Kuasa teamed up together fighting. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, except mm-hmm. then that would kind of ruin the whole ending of Kawas is a wonderful person now because <laughs> we screw up history for the better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's true. That's their slogan. But I, I will say, uh, Wally as as an alter as a as a choice for the second person is a good one. My only thing there is, I'd worry too much that people would be like, "Oh, we've seen that with Savitar and Evil Barry," but I don't know. Depends on what they do with it and how they make it work. They're not going to goth him out. No, Spider-Man 3. Emo Wally had the man bun. It's it's over. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So so we're we're, we're running low on time here, but I do want to uh, uh, just go through a couple more things really quickly. So we've touched on Damien Dark. We've talked about, you know, how cool he is and everything. But we we had kind of a, a smaller Legion of Doom that consisted of his daughter. Grodd and Malice Mollus. So, <laughs> just thoughts about the villains this time around. Eric, let's start with you. Um, I love Damien and his daughter because they're awesome and they brought out so much in each other and they're awesome. <laughs> I love that version of Damien so much, especially by the end of the season. Uh, the stuff with Ray and uh, 
either with Ray or with or with Nate was great. That's that's my favorite stuff between the between the three of them. Yeah, I loved all the stuff with Ray and the three of them. <laughs> like the things like Ray was saying, like uh, you need to, I need to be in your daughter or something like that. <laughs> like Damien looks at him like I'm gonna kill you, you know? <laughs> or like we spent a lot of time in Berlin. Like <laughs> like what? No, not like that, you know. <laughs> But what I liked about that, and and I think that they worked really well, is one of the one of the times they used time travel well. I, I think in that by the time Damien was revived, Nora was already Mollus's mouthpiece, and right. even though he did go back in time to ensure that happened, that was to ensure his own life. And so the idea that he would be kind of unhappy with the whole thing especially when he realized that it would like erase his daughter from existence once mm-hmm. Mollus came out I felt like that worked really well in in, yeah. in ways that it usually doesn't like usually when the villain has a change of heart or whatever it's kind of like well why did you start this plan in the first place because you knew this was gonna happen but in this case it was kind of like Damien was kind of locked into this loop from the moment he was brought back mm-hmm. to life and so I thought that, that that actually worked it actually gave him some real reasons for the pathos that he was having in the second and thoughts and everything and, and and it didn't make him an incompetent villain at that point it just made him someone that that was never what he wanted you know mm-hmm. was that he didn't want unlimited power at the cost of his daughter's life mm-hmm. so so i felt that made him more nuanced and the actor is really really good that that's another thing where you know he's usually playing this you know very broad strokes scenery chewing you know evil kind of stuff and in in that that those last few episodes there you got to see him you know and and like you said it didn't undermine any of his scariness as a villain or or anything else but getting to see some actual like real human emotion was interesting for for that character um Brian what about you what do you think of our uh, of our villains I, I think that they I don't know if it's intentional or not but they laid the groundwork for that for this for Damien Dark's he's always been ambitious he's always wanted power <laughs> but he's always loved his family and yet, I think they laid the groundwork for that in in his first appearance in Arrow. I remember the episode of in Arrow where Oliver and come and team saved uh, his wife and daughter from I what uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but who was going to kill them? And he and Damien Dark said, "Because of this, I give you a week before I kill you," or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, he was grateful for that. He he genuinely uh, he does have a sense of perverted honor and uh, a sense of familial obligation and i think he as the season went on you could see his internal struggle you could see him coming to terms with what he's done the ramifications of the choices he's made and in the end i I totally bought him wanting to help the legends help him save nora you know (laughs) so yeah it was but again it's that actor i I will watch him i've he was in a season of justified I, i i can't think of several several other shows i've been watching him in and he's he just He's that good. I would. He's that, he's one of those actors where I would make probably make a point if he was in a show that I didn't watch, but I knew he was in it. I would check it out just for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as far as Grodd and uh, you know all the others, eh, yeah, whatever. I like Kuasa. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Nora. <laughs> um, but and you know John Noble is John Noble. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Very disturbing seeing that voice come out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had its moments, you know. <laughs> Jen, what about you and uh, and the villains for the season? Yeah, I mean, just what what everybody's been saying. I think we had some some really good uh, performances out of people. We had some. 
a, a good mix of things like, you know, Grodd destroying things just because he's Grodd. Right. <laughs> versus, versus uh, you know, like long, um, uh, intricate plans regarding regarding malice or something. Well, that he smashed the Great Wall of China. Right, right. <laughs> um, oh, and can I just call out the, the Barry episode? Because that was awesome. <laughs> Young Obama was was. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say one villain I liked was Blackbeard. He was such a coward. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say though, the stuff like with Barack Obama, and then when Gary appears with the Constantine wig, and they say he's presidential, it doesn't work for me because in their world there was no Obama presidency and there was no Trump presidency. They've shown us who the presidents are and were in that world, and it wasn't them. So it doesn't make any sense for them to be commenting on that stuff from our world. And so that that kind of stuff bothers me. (laughs) Unless they changed changed time. Right, Right, because they would do that as a throwaway. But, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, although the guy they they got to play Obama was perfect. Oh, yeah, yes. uh, the young Obama. <laughs> was, I was like, wow, that is a really good performance. Um, but yeah, for the villains, I love the fact that they use Grodd because I feel like Grodd hasn't been used super well over in the Flash, and this is a show where they do go crazy, and so having the telepathic you know, super smart gorilla it was a good mix or, you know, a good, good character to throw into the mix for this show. Mm-hmm. I love that they threw in the stuff from the Vixen animated series, which I was really surprised they went for that deep cut. And when they introduced Kawasa, I, at first I was like, why, why isn't Ray saying anything? But then he did. And I was like, okay, because in the Vixen animated show, Ray, you know, fights Kawasa. So I was like, this is weird. And so, you know, it was just nice that they, that they're tying in even like their little side animated thing. It's all connected. Right, it's all connected. (laughs) uh, Although my my problem there was that, you know, Vixen became the season one Superman of Supergirl, where it's like, we can constantly mention her, but we can never show her. You know, it's like, even we go to the hospital where she's convalescing, we make sure that we never see her. (laughs) You know, and that kind of bothered me that, you know, it was like, you keep mentioning her, but you don't show her. You know, just stop mentioning her or or show her. I never understood that. They recast Sarah, Sarah Lance. You know, mm-hmm. she's not the first one. So I never understood why they couldn't just recast Vixen. But, right. you know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they're hoping that that original actress will come back at some point and, and want to play it. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. And Nora. You know, Nora, I kind of ignored for the first half. But once we got to the Berlin episode... And there was all the great stuff with her and Ray. You know, I started actually caring about what happened to Nora. And, you know, I felt like that actress, like, really, mm-hmm. you know, put... And the whole thing of her just, like... And, like, how she's, like, so annoyed with Ray being, like, a bad liar. And all just that little stuff that it's like... You know? It's just... They felt like a married couple. And then Eric told me they were a married couple. And it was like, oh! <laughs> it works so well now. So, anyway... <laughs> I love that. I, I, I don't know why, but whenever, like, actors play people who are lovers, you know, uh, or they become lovers after playing characters, I just love that for some reason. But anyway. So what about a uh, favorite episode for everybody? Ryan, let's start with you. Is there any episode this season that just stood out for you that you really love? That's tough. I mean, the Bebo episode is going to be the best. 
But, you know, I love Phone Home, where they go back in time and Nate hits on Ray's mom. Uh, one, Ryan. Because everybody know. else needs to have one. Okay, okay, okay. okay <laughs> you can't okay. just list them all off. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Absolute favorite. Oh, I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Bebo, God of War. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And why was that a wonderful episode? Bebo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, here's the thing about because that one also has the whole thing with young Martin, who yes. has been, you know, putting in a great, you know, showing every season also. And, you know, I, I kind of hate them and I kind of love them at the same time that they teased us with the out. Because even though I knew Victor Garber was leaving the show, they first set it up as, as Stein was going to leave the team. And so I was like, oh, okay, so he's he's going to leave because, you know, the, the character is going to leave yeah. at the same time the actor leaves. Makes sense. Everything's going to work out. And then he dies in Crisis on Earth X. And I'm like, how could you do this? You already had it set up for he was going to leave anyway. You didn't need yeah. to kill him. And But yeah. then they set up this whole thing of doing like the Back to the Future thing where I was like, ah, oh, these clever people. Like Stein's going to fake it somehow and then we're gonna find out he's really alive so it didn't change time but you know he's he's still alive and living with his family and then we did the whole thing where young stein was like nope just throws the you know burns the letter up you know <laughs> and 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 like i say i love them and i hate them at the same time because i would have yeah. loved for stein to be alive and to, to have the idea that he and Lily were living, you know, uh, you know, happily, and Clarissa were living happily, but, uh, you know, kind of sticking to their guns and being like, no, he died a hero, and that's how yeah, we're going to leave things, was, was kind of... I, I, I feel I'm... His dying had emotional impact, even if the way he did was kind of meh. I felt he could have died more powerfully, as it were. But, you know, previously, I mean, earlier I mentioned that uh, aside from Zari and felicity they don't really do religion much on these shows but now i'm thinking about i mean obviously bebo god of war is an exception and of course for the the fact that apparently jesus exists because we had the spear of destiny um <laughs> but i, I <laughs> you know i've told you bebo, before there are ways around that but okay yeah <laughs> what i loved about the bebo is how time was changing around them how you know suddenly suddenly it would be you know bebo damn it or whatever you know, <laughs> 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 you know, you know <laughs> Yeah, when they're talking with Ava and they're like, that is the aberration. And she's like, oh, you know, Bebo's day never sounded right to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Stein's always been, I mean, because he was the one who married uh, Ronnie and Caitlin, you know, because he was ordained as a rabbi. So they've always established Stein as being Jewish. Yeah. Well, and his, you know, the whole, his whole hatred of Nazis. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Bebo, I mean, the great thing about Bebo is that once they introduced him here, suddenly he was in the entire Berlantiverse. Yes. It's like, we're <laughs> seeing him in, yeah, we've yes. seen him on Flash, we've seen him on Arrow, you know, I mean, they haven't shown him in Supergirl, oh but I'm still Just hoping. tiny little things. Uh, right. Like, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, yeah when the trickster, yeah, when they had the trickster come back on the Flash, he was using Bebo's. Um, yeah. and, like, and, and I think there was like a mention briefly, like Felicity said something about Bebo on Arrow. So, you know, they, they, they've, they've worked it in. Um, now we just need to find out that on earth 19, just like how big belly burger is on every earth, there's going to be Bebo on every earth or something, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. have him we on Supergirl. We haven't seen the last of Bebo. <laughs> right. Oh no, I'm sure we're going to see more Bebo. <laughs> because Bebo's hungry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Bebo has an owie. <laughs> 
I want my socks. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is Gary get the socks? So the rest of us <laughs> need our socks. And I, I got to say, next to Voltron or the Safe Up Marshmallow Man, Bebo was the best choice. You know? <laughs> oh man. Okay, so <laughs> Eric, you have a, an episode this season that you really, really loved. Berlin, definitely Berlin, because it has some of the best. Damien Dark lines of the whole season as Nora and uh, and Ray just bickering like an old married couple for obvious reasons. So much fun. Just the time travel element. And of course, I have to kick my own ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's called No Country for Old Dads. Okay. For anyone taking notes. Yeah, yeah. It's so and then good. You've got, there's you've so got much 19, to love about that episode. There's 1960s dark with the, with that with the with bad toupee. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. Uh, although I gotta say, and this and this one came up in the in the Bebo one too. That they need to use those flashy thingies way more because it's like even though Stein did throw away the letter, he he saw the letter, he saw the date. You know, like Martin should have known that something was gonna happen, and you know, I, I just I, I wish that I, I I thought that episode was gonna end, and the reason Jax would leave was because he found out Sarah went behind his back and then flashy thingied Stein mm-hmm. to keep the timeline straight. And, you know, and that that would give Jax a reason to, to leave. Because when Jax left, it was kind of like, why are you leaving? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It didn't really make much sense. Other than I was like, well, they're about to introduce Wally on the show. So I guess they feel like they can't have, you know, another, you know, mechanically inclined black guy or something. But I had no idea what that was about because it seemed sort of random. He's just like, well, I'm leaving. Why? But. <laughs> anyway because i thought that's what Jax was gonna Jax would just stay as their mechanic yeah and then and then when they start getting totems i was thinking oh well he's gonna get a totem and that'll be the new thing and if ava's joining without a power i it really makes no sense unless he just wanted to get on with his life Well, yeah i mean he rip even said like Jax knew the wave rider better than anyone but him so it was like yeah i mean he's still a valuable resource for the team but I, I did like that the, the allowed Zari to, to be that person after that, even though they didn't really explain how Zari got that level of familiarity with the tech, because it was still beyond her time. But I, you know, I did love Zari. She's the first one who decided, hey, I'm going to write a program to figure out how we can change time without <laughs> right. uh, having mm-hmm. last consequences. Why hasn't anyone done this before? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Jen, what about you? Uh, any episodes that you really loved? Yeah, I would definitely say Bebo God of War 2. The, the thing that I have gone back and, and rewatched just this part, and it every time I watch it, it makes me laugh so that I can't breathe, is when um, Ray is sock puppeting Bebo and is like, you know, this does not mean that Jesus is not real. And then he says something about, and global warming! Which is so real! Yeah. Oh, every time I watch that, it kills me. <laughs> but since that's already spoken for, I'll be selfish and go with the the one uh, with where John and Sarah go back in time because I I just it was really good to see uh, Constantine and seeing that interaction and seeing like I said I, I was I was so worried that they were going to basically sand him down and, and make him make him into a socially acceptable good guy and they didn't he, he was he was still absolutely John Constantine so that was fun yeah that one's called daddy darkest nice yeah <laughs> 
And I guess because I, I would have either gone with Bebo the God of War or No Country for Old Dads, but since those are spoken for, <laughs> I am going to go with Return of the Mac, which is the one where they go back to Victorian times and suspect a vampire. And, <laughs> and, and we find out Mick is a aficionado of vampire lore and <laughs> is, is suspicious of everything that's going on for vampires. And find out that well, as soon as the um the the Palmer watch showed up, though, I knew instantly what was going to happen because it was the biggest throwaway thing. But Damien Dark made a big deal in season four of Arrow and just one episode about having the Palmer like smartwatch. You know, and because of that, I was like, that's the only time we've seen a smartwatch before. If there's a body, you know, and it's a smartwatch, I'm like, oh my god, they're bringing back Damien Dark and he's going to have powers! You know, because <laughs> that was my problem last season, was I was like, th- they should have gotten him from a time with his powers. So that was great. Having him throw around everybody once he comes back is great, and showing just the reason why we should be afraid of Damien Dark. I mean, my daughter's watching it, and she doesn't watch Arrow, and she's like, he is OP! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the point! You know? So, um, yeah, I thought that was, uh, you know, I that was a good one. It was a fun one. And also it established Dark as uh, as a villain while also giving us, you know, uh, his daughter as, as a new villain also. And she did a good job there. So I, I like that one. Yeah. All right. And then finally, the the last episode. I feel like we need to talk about that. Because it, it kind of brought together a lot of the elements um, from the season. And, you know, I, I'm not sure it's the best written thing uh, the show's ever done, but <laughs> it was certainly the wackiest and wildest. <laughs> and in a lot of ways was satisfying. I do have one problem with, with one th- one fairly serious problem with it. But, but first, I want to just get everybody's thoughts on the on the end of the season. So, Ryan, why don't we start with you? Oh, and the episode is called The Good, The Bad, and The Cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, if you look at the titles, the episode titles this entire season, they've been like that. You know, Rubicon, you know, uh, Phone Home, Return of the Mac, like you were saying, Helen Hunt. Right. You know, they've been clever. <laughs> they've been very clever um, titles for the most part right. th- this entire season. As far as The Good, The Bad, and The Kelly goes, uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was kind of about, I mean, Bebo was a surprise, right. but it, it, it was about how I saw the, the season ending. It, I was expecting Dark to join with the Legends and then try and save Nora, and, you know, because that's his ultimate driving force, to turn, to betray the Legends again. So, very... Li- <laughs> The only thing that was probably, uh, aside from Bebo, that was the biggest surprise was the whole, it's malice, you idiots. <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it wrapped up about how I was thinking. As uh, Rip's dying had no impact on me because I, <laughs> at that point in time, either it's not real or, or I've just stopped having an emotional investment in the character about a season or so ago. So yeah, it set me up for moving on to season season four yeah season four amaya i know everyone hates her i don't i think her and nate are a cute couple so you know i was sorry to see her go but other than that yeah okay jen what about you nope (laughs) (laughs) cute couple okay because so much of the season focused on anyways all right jen what about you final thoughts on uh, the end of the season yeah just like like everybody um i I think 
it was it was a little scattered. It was you know it was nifty having you know like Jack's back and and things like that. I, I don't even remember because I I watched that episode two or three times and I know that there it wasn't just Bebo. There were multiple lines that just had me like couldn't breathe laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I can't I can't recall what they are right now. But it was it was just a really 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 fun time. You know the last two episodes did bring the entire season together and, and bringing back Caesar and um Blackbeard and, uh, Blackbeard and, and um, the, Eric uh, uh, Leif Erickson's sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I thought that was nice touches. <laughs> and then when the giant Bebo appears, she's like, he is the one true god. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there were a bunch of good lines. I mean, all this stuff like sorry is like, you're giving me your old dirty hat (laughs) there was there was just so much fun in that one and then when they they create the wrong thing like the weird mass of flesh and mick just takes out his gun and just fries it (laughs) mick's just like "Ah!" (laughs) and when they can all hear each other's thoughts she's like she's like "Uh, is it just me or is hex coming on to me and like sarah's like you know you could do a lot worse than hex and she's like wait you can hear me and mick's like why is pretty's hand so soft and feminine or something like because he even thinks of nate as pretty (laughs) so much fun but um eric what about you uh thoughts on the, the end of the season I thought it was a great way to uh, bring back Jonah Hex, and it's always great to see that actor. I really hope eventually, if not next season, season five, they try to uh, bring him in as recurring. I'm wondering if that would just destroy his voice, though, to do that voice constantly, (laughs) where it's like, he's going to have to take... If I remember right, and obviously different beast, different show, but if I remember right, both uh, Jensen Eccles and... uh, and, um, uh wow i can't think of uh castiel's real name but both of those actors yeah misha both of those actors have said that after a while you kind of find a way to like train your voice so it stops so it stops hurting it in the long run right because i'm just imagining him with like a bag of throat lozenges just like torn open after he's done like an episode and just like pouring them down his mouth to like soothe the throat You just, you just gotta pull a Frank Welker, get low as possible. (laughs) I think it's funny that we assume that's Mick's normal voice. Well, I was talking about Hex. Yeah, no, but I'm saying is Mick does the same thing. He's got that same voice, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard interviews with the uh, with the actual actor? His it's not much different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty soft and uh, pretty. uh, Is he British or Australian? I forget. I don't know off the top of my head. But I want to say Australian, but that's just yeah. Because it's that's all now. part of the Commonwealth. Hand <laughs> <laughs> wave. Oh wait, wait, here's an opportunity to offend Australia. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anything else, Eric? Nothing that wasn't already said. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean the uh, whether it was intentional or not, the uh, John Carpenter nod with the first creature, John Carpenter slash um. Oh, wow. I can never think of uh, the body horror uh, director. The guy that did the fly. Yeah. Cronenberg. You know, like the Cronenberg Carpenter homage with the first creature was great. And of course, Bebo getting uh, getting to be a Godzilla Tukatsu or however you say it, uh, giant monster, ultra managed. Just just great stuff. And I mean, there are there are some really great character moments in that final episode. And 
it's great seeing the uh, hints that you know they basically they basically spin Nora off by letting uh, letting Ray give her the uh, the chance to go uh, redeem herself in the long run and live her live her life as best she can. So all that stuff is great. Yeah, uh, I got to say because uh, my wife and I have been cracking jokes all season about Captain Planet. Because, you know, the totems are, you know, the different elements and everything. So I'm like, they're going to get all the totems together and they're going to form Captain Planet. And then they were like, oh, that is what you're supposed to do with the totems and do the <laughs> do the thing. And so I was like, they're going to make Captain Planet. This is going to be ridiculous. And then Ray starts talking about, or Nate starts talking about uh, Voltron. I'm like, okay, you know, that's, you know, not quite the same thing, but all right. But then when they were like... You know, Ray or um, Nate start saying like I couldn't help myself when I was thinking about something like completely pure and, and and you know everything. I'm I'm going like oh crap, they really did create Voltron, but that was probably you know they would have had to pay a license to somebody. Um, so <laughs> See, that right there is when he said I was trying to think of something completely pure. That's when I immediately thought, oh my god, it's gonna be the Stay Puft Marshmallow. Again, they would have had to pay licensing fees to yeah. someone. And so it was great. Like, Bebo appears, and I'm like, oh my god. You know? <laughs> and watching Bebo, watching this giant plush oh take out god. this giant monster was the funniest thing. I mean, he even does, like, the, you know, where you put <laughs> your... Yeah, c- yeah, like, come, <laughs> yeah. come on, come at me. You know, thing. <laughs> And then he destroys them in like, like a giant like explosion of stuffing, you know, of, <laughs> of plush toy stuffing that falls from the sky after he explodes. It's beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> that 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 made three seasons of Legends worth it right there. Was that fight? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and then everything else, I mean, uh, you know, all the callbacks, all the things, it was great to see Jax again, you know, and, and showing Helen and how they improved her life. My one problem, my one serious problem with the episode is after the, the thing they hung season two on was that, you know, Sarah had realized that they had to maintain time and that even though she had the power to bring her sister back, she wouldn't to... Well, we just screw up time for the better, so hey, you can save Zambezi, and you know, you can make Kawasa good now, and so then Mari never left, and so all the people she saved in Detroit never were saved, and, but it's okay, because they share the totem now, and it's like, wh- what? This whole season, you've been like, Mari's like timeline needs to be maintained, she needs to go to Detroit, she needs to save the people she's going to save in Detroit. And instead, it's just like, eh, who cares? Meh. You know, meh. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, that was just a little too flippant. You know, and, and I get that they're going for, you know, a much more comedic take in this show. But after, you know, that was the whole deal was that Sarah had to take a hard line on this kind of stuff. And that it was important that certain things be maintained. And even having Zari with the, uh, we need to find loophole stuff. But they didn't do any of that to save it, you know, Kuasa. It was just... Now nah, we'll just run the the Mack truck through time, and it's okay. It worked out. You know, <laughs> that, that bothered me. It's it's Barry rules. Right. Well, yeah, I know. Just... I know. <laughs> I, I get it. But I just felt like it. It was a letdown. That part of it was a letdown. But you know, I like Kuasa as a villain, and I would have liked to have her maintain as as an antagonist for the show, but. Whatever. I mean, I, I think we could all agree that across the Berlanti universe, the biggest complaint is probably their how they do time travel. Yeah. It. Yeah. 
but it, it is not for not to sound fatalistic about it but it is kind of what it is uh, if i if i really took the time to think about the ways that the legends screw themselves up as much as anything else as barry screws things up then you couldn't watch the show it would drive you crazy no right? no i know but like i say there are certain things that i feel like bear bigger than others and that was one but um all right i, I know we're getting kind of long here so let's wrap things up Let's say if there's anything more we wanted to say about the season that didn't get to, anything about season four that you want to say, and then give your sign out. So, Eric, let's start with you. Uh, I think we've covered most of the ground with the overall season. Obviously, you're doing another podcast on it, but people go watch Black Lightning because it is fantastic. Anyways, <laughs> it really is. It's so good. Season four, I would love to see Ragman pop back up, especially since his whole costume is mystical based. So, I mean, they obviously don't talk about it too much in Arrow, except for the fact that, you know, like, if you follow the comics, you know that every single piece of rag slash fabric is another soul entity and that's what gives that costume the power that it does like i said they don't really get into it too much in era but he would fit in fantastic with legends and i think that costume is probably recharged by now all i'm saying because it's it wasn't dead it was just recharging because i would really i'd love to see him back plus you'd have you'd have mick rory and then rory <laughs> i think that would be fun to play off of the same kind of humor that brought us mollusk yes <laughs> malice anyway <laughs> I just love his delivery of that. It's malice. It's just it's a really good season. A fantastic season of TV with no real real weak episodes, maybe weak moments. I don't know. I think the Elvis one was weak, personally. Yeah, I really like the Elvis one, actually. We didn't talk about it. Okay. There's a reason. Uh, the, right. the, act, the actor playing Elvis was actually really good. Okay. <laughs> didn't over like try to like play older Elvis. He actually like played a young, understated, kind of quiet, shy elvis which you really never see anybody tackle so it's mm -hmm. it's fun interesting stuff but um yeah follow me on twitter i am just at eric radcliffe not spelt like daniel radcliffe because i am not british it's with a t and an e at the end but yes very easy to find on the internet as soon as you find me on twitter yeah i, I shouldn't laugh about that because you've said it multiple times but for whatever reason i'm not expecting it so i find that funny i haven't brought it up in a while so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Gonna let a joke die for a while to bring it back up. Yeah, that's true. Like Gary. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> don't you kill Gary. <laughs> Alright, so Jennifer, uh, why don't you uh, let us know if there's anything about Season 3 you wanted to bring up, uh, anything you want to see about Season 4 you haven't mentioned, and then do your sign-up. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what people have said in terms of, of what I'm, I'm looking forward to. You know, I've said it before, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Constantine interacting with all the different characters and stuff and, and seeing how they balance that. And yeah, I mean, at this point, this is the only one of the Berlantiverse that I'm following. I actually I do watch Black Lightning when I remember to, but I... I never got into Arrow, I never really got into Supergirl, and I was a, a faithful Flash person for a long time, but just, I just, I just couldn't take it anymore a season or so ago. Damn it, Barry. And, yeah, damn it, Barry. I mean, <laughs> and, and so this is the only one of the Berlantiverse that, that I've got left, and I'm just, I'm so happy that it keeps getting better. You know, it, it has, it has its little, you know, missteps once in a while, but it is funny and it is one of the few shows that I really genuinely look forward to seeing every week. 
And yes, and so I'm Jennifer Hartshorn. I am occasionally on Twitter a little bit as that Jen Hartz, and I'm on Facebook, so I'm out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. And- <laughs> Uh, do you really want to throw out and I'm out there? I mean, there, there's just so many places. <laughs> yeah, the truth is that. Okay, um, maybe, maybe leave that part out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, so same thing. Um, say uh, if there's anything uh, you, you wanted to bring up that we haven't from Season 3, uh, if there's anything about Season 4 that you'd like to see that we haven't mentioned already, and then give your uh, sign-outs. You know, we talked. We mentioned how weak the Elvis. Well, most of us think the Elvis episode was, <laughs> which which is sad because apparently they may or may not have met Abba. You know, so I, that, that, I, they sh- they should have gone with that. You know, I, I love seeing uh, the water. The, I think it was the uh, Groundhog's Day episode, and they're all wearing their seventies jumpsuits and making the Waterloo jokes. That would have been what they should have done instead of Elvis. Would have loved to have seen that. Really all I have to say about season three. Otherwise, it was a, a standout season. I didn't think they'd be able to top season two and the Legion of Doom insofar as villains go. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, Damien Dark did it. And that, I think, could be the tough part for season four because they got to find a villain worthy. I mean, it wasn't Mal- Malice. It was Damien. It was Dark, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got to find someone who can who can keep that up. I don't want a villain who is just evil and two-dimensional. Right. I want one I want to enjoy watching on the screen like Damien Dark. Um, so they got to do something good there. And I know I'm alone in this, but I would love for them to bring the Hawks back. I liked Hawkman oh, and Hawk Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, er- if Eric can the invoke... The chicken people! If, the chicken people. if Eric can invoke Ragman, I guess you can invoke the Hawks, because to me, they're Thank about you. the same. <laughs> well, I-, I know just from a practical effect, it'll never happen. Their wings got have apparently way too much money. Have them, I don't know, have them be plucked or something. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little dark <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would have liked to rory to at least have kept um his his stone the fire stone the fire totem it would have just made sense rather than him just carting around a, that gun and uh, uh i'm gonna just gonna finish it with i'm glad rip is dead um, <laughs> <laughs> but is he ryan is he, <laughs> he he's been dead in my heart for a season <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm Ryan Guthrie. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Stranger. Uh, from there, you can find my Facebook page and my poor, poor, neglected website, geekstranger.com. <laughs> Check it out because every now and then I get emails saying it's down. And I just think it'd be hilarious if, like, the one time someone checks it out is like the five minutes when it, the site goes down because that's, that would do be just my luck you know <laughs> it's from all the heavy traffic i guess i don't know but uh yeah and you can find me on these fine people's facebook pages and social media just telling them that they're wrong about just about everything so i won't say good night internet i'll say till next time uh, <laughs> for me the uh the season four thing uh, other than the fact that i don't want ragman or the hawks back that would make me super happy is if they find a contrivance some way to bring back snart I've been saying uh, yeah. since season one that there's all sorts of ways that they could do it, you know, and, and still not, like, undo his sacrifice and the fact that he was willing to kill himself for the team. And I would like... Because while they brought in Leo as the Earth-X version, he's like... I don't know, he's like the Diet Coke of Snart. You know, <laughs> he's the... He, he, he doesn't have that acid that I really yeah. love about Snart. So it's great to have Wentworth Miller, but I... 
I want I want the the classic Leonard Snart, not Leo. Are is is his show is Prison Break? Is it getting a, a second season or was was it a one and done? It was a one and done. Oh, okay. So he's got nothing going yeah, on. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't know what's going on with Wentworth Miller, but I'm assuming that he has some personal reason for not wanting to do as much with the Berlanti shows. And if he's smart, he's probably made enough money that he doesn't really need to work. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I, but uh, it seems like... Because I can't, I can't imagine that they don't want to have him. So if he's not on, it's because he doesn't want to be a regular. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm hoping maybe he'll change his mind or whatever's going on in his life will clear up. Because, I mean, that was the whole reason Katie Cassidy was gone for a season from Arrow is because she had personal stuff to deal with. So that might be what's going on for him. I I really know what's going on. So, but yeah, I I would love to see him back as a regular on Legends. But yeah, um, Ryan, Eric, and Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the episode today. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. It was a blast. And that brings our DC's Legends of Tomorrow episode to a close. As you may have noticed, the podcast has been on another hiatus recently. I have been slammed with a ton of issues in real life, uh, extending from uh, my computer uh, breaking um, a couple of months back, to having my car stolen, to having my wife in the hospital. So it has been uh, quite a mess recently so it's been hard to get out the podcast um i am trying to get things back on track and the supergirl episode will be next but i did want to let you guys know that uh you know stuff is happening uh there might be more delays uh but i do appreciate you listening to the podcast and i do want to hear from you so feel free to leave me feedback and there's a lot of ways you can do that you can do that by going to my website and leaving a comment and that's 42cast.com you can also leave me an email at everything at 42cast.com. You can tweet to me at at 42cast. Uh, you can leave feedback on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 42cast. Uh, or you can also leave reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. Uh, I also wanted to make sure that everyone was aware of the ESO Patreon. Uh, that is a way that you can support the entire uh, ESO network. And if you do that, that helps all of the shows. So that helps the 42 cast. It also helps uh, the Earth Station One podcast, Earth Station Who podcast, Earth Station DCU, different things like Rusted Robot, Nerd Bliss, and Pop Culture Cosmos, and the Watchathon of Rassilon, and all the different shows that are part of the ESO network. It's like they're adding a new show every like couple of weeks. So I'm not even sure if I know all the shows that are on the network right now, but. I'll play their promos eventually. So the show went a little bit long this time, so I'm going to wrap things up here. So join us back next week when Kyler Lee will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon 
or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.